I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked D's and A's for free. Take a peek, take a key. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. Apologies that you can muster from your dread Won't protect you on your bed Nothing will from Pumpkinhead This is not a dream, baby This ain't Halloween, baby When I'm on the scene This is what we call a scream, baby Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app At Poltergeist underscore OD Hi, this is Jonathan Doe And you're listening to Sick on Cinema Everybody and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I'm one half of your cum drizzling podcasters. Oh God, John. <laughs> really? That's that's what you went with? Yeah. God, who are you? I'm Matt, and welcome back <laughs> to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. God, I can't wait to get in that fucking segment. <laughs> and this is an early morning edition of the podcast. <laughs> early morning meaning. For we, us, yeah, we, like we got what, up at one, one. one. Yeah, um, so you're probably gonna hear some background noises and stuff like that. Just ignore yeah. it and just listen to our sweet dulcet tones as we woo you into our lives. Will they hear it? Possibly, I don't know. That was the grossest burp I've ever done. I'm so sorry, <laughs> listeners. Take that, sell it on eBay for thirty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how's it going, man? Um. <sighs> Love. That, you should just left it there. You're like, um. <laughs> I am existing. Me too. I'm drinking a big ass monster. I'm drinking a monster as well. Trying to survive this crazy world we live in. <laughs> We're never going to make it out of love. Will these damn lizards take over? Oh, no. <laughs> Get kicked off Spotify. <laughs> Not the lizards. <laughs> Not the lizards. So, uh, I guess it's time to get into our growing favorite part of the show: the listener questions. Listener questions. Questions, comments, concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail dot com, or you can wait to the week of the show, and I'll post a lovely little photo that says we're taking questions, and you can answer in, in the comments. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I also got running nose. I'm sorry, folks. This is a bad episode already. It's going to be a rough episode. <laughs> I'm just glad it happened, because the beginning of the week, it was looking rough. Because we went to a uh, wrestling show oh over the weekend, God. and neither of us had voices come Monday. 
I I am also still sore from yeah. that show. There was at least three days where I was like, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, what are you going to do? God. It was real bad. But speaking of wrestling. Yes. Our good friend, Robert. Robert. Wobbit. I love you, Julia. Why <laughs> <laughs> I do this to this man? I love that movie. <laughs> what is it? Meet the Feebles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's early for me, all right? Anyways, he asks. He says, and asks. <laughs> says, yeah. and asks. Okay. Hey, gentlemen, greetings from Wyoming. I know you said you don't have kids, but my question is, what will be the first horror movie you watch with your kids? What is a good one to get kids into the genre? My son told me he was ready for a horror movie, and we went with Chucky and ended up staying up till 2 a.m. watching four of them. That's awesome. Oh, wow. GCW is the shit. Thanks again for giving me the heads up on the Mud Show. Love you guys. Take care. Uh, personally, as of right now, I don't necessarily want kids, but... Probably, I'd probably say something like Monster Squad, maybe. That's a, you know, that's a great choice. I didn't even think about Monster Squad. I mean, it did. I mean, there is some dialogue in it that's uh, yeah, a little rough, but like, yeah, it's designed for kids. Yeah. So Monster Squad is actually like a really, really good. I mean, that was one of my first ones. Yeah. My thought was like, weed them in a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like slow start. Like start with something like Goosebumps. Oh yeah. Or Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, the nineties like. Childhood horror shows, Eerie Indiana, things like that. Yeah, and then maybe like like the way I started was like Creep Show. The the way I got in terrified me as a kid. It's a, it's a it's a miracle that I even still like the genre. Yeah, because I watched the original, not not the original, but the uh, the remake of The Grudge. Yeah, <laughs> as like as like a four year old kid, and it scared the shit out of me. Because that's the thing. It's like. You got two options. Yeah. You got the one option is you can start them slow. Yeah. Like I said, start with like Goosebumps, start with like Freak Dark, working like a Monster Squad. Yeah. Then maybe onto like a Creep Show, which is scary but fun. Yeah. Or you can just throw them into the fucking fire and be like, here's Evil Dead, here's Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Or you can be like, here's Solo. <laughs> I would not throw Solo towards your kids. <laughs> It's probably a good idea to expose kids to the horrors of fascism <laughs> that so early. early. Like, let them believe there's some hope in the world before you expose <laughs> yeah. them to fascism. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can show your kid in, like, New York Ripper. New York Ripper? <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, honestly, something like, uh, if they got the attention span for it, something like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Because it's long, but it's got a lot of movements in it. You know, it's like, it's like a drama, it's a comedy, it's an action film, it's a zombie yeah. movie, you know. Uh, or even something like even movie I don't personally like something like Zombie Land. Oh yeah, would be a really good first horror movie for a kid. Um, I mean, of course, there as you said, the Goosebumps movies. Like, honestly, like a, a pretty good entry point is like in Goosebumps is like the Haunted Mask. Haunted Mask, yeah. yeah. Even something like Jaws isn't a bad choice. I don't oh, think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was one of my first horror movies. Yeah. Um, when when I started to wade the waters a little bit, no, no pun intended, mm. that was one of the first ones I went to. Or even something like Predator, you know, something that has a lot of action in it. Yeah, you know, because kids have short tension spans. Yeah, and those movies aren't so scary that it's gonna like push them away. You know what I mean? <laughs> Child's Play is not a bad choice. That, that is not a bad choice at all. Because Chucky's, you know, he's scary but he's fun. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Chucky's an asshole. Chucky's an asshole. <laughs> Maybe something like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah. Um, I don't know if one's a bit rough. A bit rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good choice. A bit rough. 
first, if I have kids, the first movie I'm definitely showing them is uh, Angels Melancholy. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put their stroller up against the TV and it's like, here you go. I mean, <laughs> Jesus here's Christ. Killing of America. <laughs> shocking me. You're Learn kidding. early. <laughs> Learn that this world's fucked. <laughs> God Almighty. <laughs> You're born with one foot in the grave, kid. <laughs> Accept it. <laughs> I mean, there's also like um, here's threads. Here's your future. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things where you fucking <laughs> a. You have to like tell your kids to cover their eyes in certain parts, but like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth, yeah. I mean, like for me, like when I was a kid, like my first horror movie was Creepshow. Yeah, and that's why I think it's a great choice because it's like. You know, it is spooky at times, but it's also really funny, and it's colorful, and it's goofy, and it's, yeah. it's just a good time. And there's multiple stories, so the kid's never going to lose their attention. Right. Um, yeah, just throw your kid in the business show, show your kid starry eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to show them, like I said, the threads. Oh, my God. I'm going to put them in a chair and be like, here's your future. <laughs> Accept it. You tie your kid to the chair and like, watch threads. Accept it. Like it was Alex and the Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, all his eyes, their eyes open, like accepted. <laughs> this is your fate. <laughs> this is our fate. How's it feel? We're all gonna die. Your We're all kid. gonna burn. <laughs> your kids gonna be so fucking paranoid. We're gonna man. live in an unholy terror for the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's why John shouldn't have children. That's true. <laughs> uh, but also awesome. I'm glad you all had a great time at GCW yes. Outlaw Mud Show. We watched it on PPV and it was great. <laughs> we were a bit worried it might have been a little rough yeah. at certain points. Yeah. We were on we were uncertain. A flaming door. Yeah. It got pretty violent. Yeah. They actually got the cops called on us. Yeah, <laughs> they got the cops called on them. Yeah. That's for Which if you were there for that, let us know. Because that yeah. sounded amazing the fact that the cops guy showed up. We actually got to see Rance Warner as well. Oh, yeah. He was at a... Uh, um, our show, yeah. NGW in Knoxville, Tennessee, Jackson Terminal. It's come, they have another one come up on August 29th. Go to it. It's going to be good if you live in the area. You just plug in the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> They're our friends. I'm making a documentary for them for God's sake. That's sakes. true. And you can meet us. We'll be there. Just look for two fat asses in battle vests and <laughs> that'll be us. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sweating miserably and being like, God, just let us in the door. <laughs> that is it. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> Show your, show your kids irreversible. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, this is a tangent here, and most people won't care about this at all. But when we were in line, uh, at the NGW show, yeah. there was a window right next to us that we could see in. And actually, the promoter was standing right there. Yeah, which I know the promoter pretty well, Eddie and Cody. Yeah, Eddie and Cody, the really guy. I mean, I'm making a documentary for him, but I didn't want to. I wanted to stand in line with the fans. I wanted to be one of the common people. You know what I mean? Hmm. Common man. Yeah. I mean, I was above everybody. I was way more important than anybody else, oh, so okay, you yeah. know I could easily just walk in and be like, "You peasants enjoy the wait." <laughs> sure, but I decided to stand with the common man because <laughs> I'm a humble person. Anyway. Oh, you're a humble person. After you just go on this tangent about how you're better than everybody else. Anyways, I was, we're all joking around about let us in, right? And like I was like, I should look in the window and just do the fade. Like, let me in. <laughs> let me in. <laughs> Anyways, most wrestling. We have a few people who listen, watch, listen to us, and watch wrestling. So. That's cool. It just feel like sometimes horror and wrestling go hand in hand. They do. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Because I, I feel like <laughs> I ever tell you what my first wrestling match was. What? I mean, no one's no. I don't, all people are not going to care about this. And they're going to fast forward. Was it Boogeyman? No. <laughs> it was. It was the uh, TL, TLC like three or four on SmackDown. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> my first, my earliest wrestling memory isn't even a match. No, it's Yokozuna being uh, carted out from the ring on a on a forklift. <laughs> God, that's my earliest wrestling memory. <laughs> it's a miracle you're even a fan. <laughs> I just remember like, what's happening? <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's holding his leg, and they got him on a forklift. <laughs> I was it's like, this is, this is insanity. <laughs> he, he was, was a big man. He was, he was a big man. I think it was as heavy as he was like 600 pounds. Something like that. that. I'm on my way there. No, you're not. I'm on that road. <laughs> you are not. I'm on my 600 pound line or whatever it's called. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. <laughs> Anyways, we got another question here <laughs> from Adrian. Adrian. He says, Hi, guys. Greetings from Wales again. Which hey. blows my mind every time I say that. That's so wild. I can't believe we have anyone that anyone that listens to us at all. Anyways, it's like we, we, yeah, it's true. But it's like we were looking at our like our most popular listens on SoundCloud, and it was it was the U.S. Yeah, then Russian Federation. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I imagine that's just like gotta be like spam boss or something. There's no way there's people in Russia listening to us. I'm if you are from Russia listening in, um, l- let us know somehow. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to say hello in Russian, but I forgot what it is. I don't know any Russian. I used to know like how to say hi in Russian. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Man, ru- ru- the the Russian language is wild looking. It's intense. Yeah. Their names are like no vowels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only consonants. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild stuff. Anyways, Adrian says, what's your favorite slash... Least favorite remakes. Oh. Uh, favorite remake. I mean, this is a cop-out of thing, but The Thing. The Thing, yeah. Yeah. Least favorite remake. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that one's bad. That one's real bad. It's terrible. You know, when I was younger, I definitely was like, fuck remake. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Death to fake horror. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he was, that, he was that guy. I definitely was that guy. Going on message board, like, I can't believe they're remaking whatever. <laughs> Prom now. <laughs> or whatever, you know, something yeah, I didn't even though, care about. Yeah. Now I'm just like, ah, you know, remakes are what they are. Yeah. You know, most of them, they're not great movies. But I'm not offended. It doesn't doesn't taint the original. It doesn't make the original disappear. You know, right? <laughs> it still exists. Um, yeah. I mean, like, of course, you could always go with the thing. The you know, best of the fog. The fog is not a remake. There is a remake there, of the fog, yeah. and it is bad. <laughs> I have not watched that one. So, but like the thing, the fly, the blob, like those yeah. are the big ones. I've, I'm gonna shout two out that I think are kind of underrated. Okay. And uh, one of them actually I think is better than the original. Okay. Uh, the first one is Invasion of the Body Snatchers from the 70s. Yeah, it's really good. That movie is fan-fucking-tastic. And I think it's better than the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That, that was another one of my first uh, horror movies. It's a great movie. Spooky, creepy, disturbing at times, too. Yeah. Hmm. The second one I want to shout out is the Maniac remake. Really? With Elijah Wood. I have not seen this either. I think it's really good. <laughs> um, it's not better than the original, but it's still really good. They I took, th- thought the poster for it looked really, really cool. They took the ideal of like the POV uh, killer shots from slashers, yeah, and made that the whole movie. Oh, really? Like, it all takes place from his point of view. It's not found footage; it's just from his point of view. That's wild. It's really cool. It was really well done. And Elijah Woods is cool. 
Oh, yeah. And he's like a big supporter of the horror genre. And like his releasing company puts out all kinds of crazy horror movies. So, what was his releasing company? I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Okay. But I think they had a hand in Greasy Strangler. Really? Yeah, they put it out. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> big, big Ronnie's dipping his dog all, all the way, way in. in. <laughs> but, sir. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Uno, dos, oh, tres, tres bucks. <laughs> uh, okay, we gotta stop. I'm shit scared, Janet. <laughs> that movie's so good. Go watch. It. If you're yeah. not, we're, we're gonna cover one of the podcasts. Oh yeah, doesn't matter. Don't wait. Go now and watch Greasy Strange. Oh yeah, that movie is amazing. Double feature with Psycho Gore Man and had the best day of your life. <laughs> apparently, apparently, the director of Greasy Strange made another movie too. Really? I forget the name of it. It looks very similar. Well, I have to check that out. But yeah, you know. Those are a couple remakes I like. Bad remakes on their hand. There's a lot to choose from. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Hills Have Eyes remake. Yeah, that's one people like, though. Yeah. Like It, Dawn of the Dead. Neither of those I really cared for. Yeah. The Piranha remake. Was it the Day of the Dead remake? That's oh, bad. God, with the vegan zombie? Yeah. That's bad. That's real bad. That's real bad. Um, I'm going to throw one out there that we're probably going to cover on the show one day. Uh-oh. And it's not... Technically a remake. Okay. Because it, it doesn't share the same name, but it, it's a remake. Chaos. Oh, yeah. With Stage Stallone. Yeah. I did not like that movie at all. <laughs> what was it? Uh, a massacre video release. That was, I think it's a sequel, technically, to I Spent in Your Grave. God! Savage Vengeance? Yeah. With the walking turd Douglas Farmer directed <laughs> it? Oh, no. Oh, no. God! Donald Farmer, not Douglas, excuse me. Donald Farmer. Look, he might be the sweetest man that's ever lived. <laughs> he ain't ever made a movie that's worth a fuck. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me tell me the Donald Farmer movie that's good, because I've seen, uh, what is it, uh, Demon Queen? Yeah. Heinous. Savage Vengeance? Heinous. <laughs> and there was another one, too, I can't think <laughs> was of it. it. Was it Don't Go in the Basement, something like that? Something like that. Don't Look Under the Bed or something like that. Oh, yeah. God. God, Jesus. One night, I swear to God, John here went on a rant by Donald Farmer that went on for an hour. If Stanley Kubrick is like the greatest, right? Yeah. Then Donald Farmer is like the poopiest. <laughs> the poopiest? <laughs> uh, shittiest, poopiest? I, I can't even say shittiest. <laughs> shittiest is too good for him. Donald Farmer, God damn. I don't oh know, my man. God. Like I said, I don't want to be mean. He might be the sweetest guy that's ever lived. Yeah. He might be a, 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 a an angel. When you're making movies like Cannibal Cop, Cannibal Cop, you need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh my god, you seen the cover for Cannibal Cop? No. God, woo, it's bad. I'll have to check it out later. God, Jesus, one of the worst covers I've ever seen. Fuck. Yeah, Savage Vengeance is real bad. You know what's? Again, it's not a remake in name, but it is a remake because they're literally the same movies. Venus Flytrap, which yeah. Masker also put out. I really like that one actually. Yeah, like I remember what. When I first watched it, I was like, "Man, this is good." And you watch House of the Body. I'm like, Park. "It's the same fucking." Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a goddamn minute. There's a lot of like the Last House and Left ripoffs too that are like very similar. Yeah. Like Night Train Murders, by all the Lotto. That's practically the same movie. Yeah, I've not seen that one either. But, but if I had to, if someone like held a gun to my head, it's like, "What's the worst remake of all time?" I'm probably saying <sighs> it's a toss up between The Fog and. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. Is the Green Inferno count as a remake? <laughs> <laughs> it might as well, but it ain't as bad as... I mean, to be fair to Eli Roth, 
It ain't as bad as the oh. Fog remake and the Not Living uh, Not Living Dead. Not Living Dead remake's not very good either. Not the 1990s. Yeah. Not Living Dead 3D. <laughs> mm. Actually, you know, that's another underrated one. Not Living Dead 1990. Yeah, that that's actually... a really good one. Uh, it points. It does feel like borderline shot for shot, but yeah, that's my except only for point. they changed up the characters. Like uh, Barbara becomes like the hero. Yeah, it's it's. It, it, I mean, I think I think it's a good movie. But so what say you? What is the worst? With gun to your head, worst remake. Oh fuck! Nightmare on Elm Street. Man, Nightmare on Elm Street was really bad. It was real. I saw it on Instagram something like that. He was like. Watching an underrated classic, and it was like the Night Living Dead remake, and I'm like, you need to go to a psychologist. <laughs> Something's <laughs> wrong with you. Oh, I mean, there's also a Halloween too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that one's bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah that one's bad. <laughs> Not great. Bad. I mean, some people, like, I saw, like, there's a person I follow on Letterboxd. It has a cult following, though. It does, yeah. We're like, Night Living Dead Street, I've seen one person ever be like, this is a good movie. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I didn't see one. Yeah, I know, right? What about Gun in Your Head best remake? Thing. 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 It's one of my favorite movies, yeah. so. Do you like the Fly remake better than the original? Oh, man, that's tough. Because I don't know if I do. Um, I see, I, I don't know either. Because I love the Jeff Goldblum, David Cronenberg Fly, but I love the Vincent Price style Fly as well. Yeah. <laughs> the ending of the uh, the original Flies is somehow goofy, yet terrifying. And immensely unnerving, right? Yeah. Well, like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, if they remade that fly. Yeah. Just like that, right? Where you, he has the towel over his head, and you don't see the fly, and, like, until the very end. Yeah. And it's all about trying to find this fly and trying to figure out how to get him back, turn back. People be like, mm, this is elevated horror. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, <laughs> horror from the dawn of time has been incorporated with drama. So why is all of a sudden now the term elevated horror becoming a thing? I, I have a theory. I think it's because of what people dubbed, I hate the term, but torture porn. Torture porn. I think for a long time, you had an abundance of like the Saw franchise, Hostel, and movies like that. And people then saw movies like The Witch and was like, oh, this is elevated. Yeah. Because like, you know, <laughs> think about like the first horror movies ever, like Dracula. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dracula of the Universal stuff may be the only one that has like a true defined villain. Oh, yeah. And hero. Yeah. Like Frankenstein, The Mummy... Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Wolfman, they're all tragedies. Yeah. It's like those would be considered elevated horror if they were made today. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what's the, it's just horror. Like, it's yeah. so weird. Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, mm-hmm. you know? All would be considered elevated horror nowadays, but. All of Polanski's horror movies. Hmm. I, I mean, the, the term elevated horror is odd. Weird. Or post horror, as people call it, too. <sighs> it's. <laughs> God, yeah, it's like it's. All, I hate the the post like yeah. genre, like like was it post rock or something like that? Post rock, post punk. I'm like, at least post punk <laughs> is defined. Like you can look at a band, like oh, it's a post punk band. Yeah, I don't most know. other ones is like it could be another genre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, this chair's uncomfortable. Post hardcore. <laughs> post hardcore is a post genre, and it's genre core is a post genre in itself. <laughs> it's like good lord, we're getting like post 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 Malone. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so thank you, Adrian, for that question. It was fun, fun discussion. We wanted a tangent. We sorry. did. Sorry. <laughs> then we have uh, Joshua Fat Attack. Is that how we said we was? I think so. God, watch me mess it up this week and got it right last week. He said we got it right, but I can't remember how I pronounced it. Oh God. 
J O S H U A. That's that's Joshua. Joshua. J O S H U A. Yes. Yeah, Joshua. We're sorry, Joshua Fat Attack, for constantly getting this wrong. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the worst podcast. Welcome. We really appreciate you because that guy constantly like puts our stuff in his story. Oh, thank you. Spreading so the word about us. Like, really, really appreciate it. Even though we cannot get your name right and we're pieces of shit and you should not even be listening to us because we are <laughs> terrible at what we do, but we do appreciate you. <laughs> his question is What are your honest thoughts on the films of Marion Dora? Oh, shit. Interesting because that was the first episode ever. Ever of yeah. cinema was Mariandora. Jumped in feet first. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've talked to Mariandora. Um, like in depth. Like we've brought him up several times. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it says something that every time something drops from him, that we immediately gra- gravitate towards it. Yeah. I mean, you're about to get like new editions of a lot of his stuff. Cannibal and Debris Documentar. Yeah. Which Debris Documentar has never been released. And you know, you accidentally got it. I have. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally bought two copies of Angels of Melancholy because I forgot I pre-ordered it. I mean, I do not like Angels of Melancholy, but I own it. Yeah. And I own it and Cannibal. The thing about Mario Dora that I'll say is like, like you said, anytime anything is put out by Mario Dora, I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah. Because he, he's a filmmaker unlike any other. Like, yeah. There's nobody who has his style. No. He is one of a kind, and that's you don't get a shit ton of that. Like, there's a lot of directors, like you know, even my favorite director of all time, Takashi Miike. Yeah, he has a style, and when you see a Miike film, you know it's a Miike film. Exactly. But you know, he also does a lot of the you know regular horror movies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff people have done before. <coughs> Mario Dora, they nobody like him. No, there's never been a filmmaker like Mario Dora. There never will be a filmmaker like Mario Dora. Mario Dora is unique. Like the only thing I can compare Mario Dora to is like some of those like. Late seventies, early eighties art filmmakers. Yeah, you know, like those weird ones that like made movies that you didn't like, like Vasta Noche. For yeah, instance, you know, stuff like that. Um, out of the stuff I've seen by Mario Dora, there's only one of his movies that I do not like. Angels of Melancholy. Yeah, that's the only one I do not like. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Cannibal's good. I think Cannibal's really good. Yeah, I like Voyage to Gatiss quite a bit. Yeah, I thought Carcinoma was really good. I say I need to rewatch Carcinoma, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah. I, th- I thought it was really good. He's an unadulterated filmmaker. Yeah. Like, he holds no punches. You know what no. I mean? He does not hold back in what he does. No. And he blurs the lines between reality and fiction. Very, very well. Yeah, insanely. You know, to the point where you're like, you question everything about his films. <laughs> yeah, there's... I mean, again, that's like Angel's Melancholy. There's a reason why it's one of the most searched out, like, disturbing gems. Mm-hmm. Because... It, it is a completely fucked up movie. But, at the same time, it's, it is that whole, like... Is it actually good? Yeah, and it's a nightmare of a film. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's no real plot. Um, at least in that version, because there's another version yeah. apparently. There's no real structure to it. There's no like three act structure to mm-hmm. it. It's just a like dreamscape of hell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that just plays for two hours. Yeah. Um. Upon first watching this film, it's like I was like, "Oh, Cannibal's really good. Cannibal's Voyage really is really good. good." Yeah. And then Ma- Angel Melancholy, I was like, "Ah, it's kind of." Not great. Yeah. I won't say it's a bad <laughs> movie because it's... Another thing about Mario Dora, what I say, like, he's unlike anybody else, is his style and his look. Yeah. There's this, like, foggy dreaminess to his films. It look, it's a, His films always look very dreary. Yeah. It's the, it's the kind of look that a film, like, Saw was going for. Yeah. Like, you imagine every Mario Dora film ever should start with Once Upon a Time. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has that like almost fairy tale aspect to it. But it's like But grim and dark and heinous. <laughs> like we're talking like oh god. The brother brothers grim like fairy tale. The brothers Grimm's would shake and shudder at the sight of Marindor's work. That's true. HP <laughs> Lovecraft like whew, whew. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> brother, this is gross. You need to calm down. <laughs> why? Why is he shitting on someone? Yeah, just knocks him over. <laughs> God, a body. The thing about it is, is like, for better or for worse, there's not been another Marandora. Yeah, a lot of people try to copy Marandora, but nobody mm-hmm. has come close because nope. Marandora is a fucking excellent filmmaker. Yes. At the end of the day, his technical skills are really damn good, and it's funny because he learned from Uwe Lamel. Really? Uli Mail made one good movie <laughs> his entire career. Damn. Company of Wolves, something wolves. It's based on a serial killer in Germany. Okay. The werewolf of Germany or whatever. Oh, uh, uh, Fritz Harman? Yeah, it's based yeah. on Fritz Harman. And it's really good. And then he went on to make like every serial killer film ever that's the worst shit. What is that noise? I, I think someone's playing a game on their phone. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. loud. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Every every terrible serial killer film ever made that you've ever seen that Lionsgate oh, put out, that was Uwe Mail. <laughs> and it, here comes Mario, which Uwe Mail was like, he put, like he was going to make Cannibal. Yeah. He was going to make the uh, Armin Maivaz movie. And was like, hey, here, buddy. Why don't you do it? And then <laughs> saw it and was like, oh, fuck, you get out. <laughs> yeah. You went too far. <laughs> he, yeah, Cannibal is rough. Like again, for some for someone who's getting into this, I don't know if Cannibal is a great starting point. Honestly, because it's so fucked up. Well, I mean, a guy that when we were trying to reach out to, yeah, and I won't say who is a professional wrestler because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil the fact that we're trying to talk to this person. Yes, yes who was also into the extreme cinema said that yeah. it was the most fucked up movie he's ever seen. Yeah, and he had seen Serbian film and all the other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to debate that though because it, it it is real. Yeah, like what happens in that movie really happened. So yeah, there's definitely a reason why Marion Dora has a cult following. Oh yeah, it's because he's just he's unique to himself. Yeah, and his stuff is just and like I said, for the most part, like I don't hate Angels Melancholy because like there, I do feel like there's something to it. Like I feel like one day I'm gonna watch Angels Melancholy, and be like I get it. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? I don't like, think it's gonna happen <laughs> for me, but but again, for me, I don't have to get a movie to like it. Yeah, I don't know. Where I do like Cannibal. I think Voyage is really good. Carson Home is really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. He He's definitely interesting because in the world, the age of social media, where you can reach out to all these guys. Yeah. Like Sam Hill, you can email him easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jason, James Bale, you can talk to him on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. All these filmmakers who do have a mystique about them <laughs> are easily retched out to and talk, spoke to and see that they're just people. Yeah. Marion Dora ain't like that. Like, even we were talking about White Gardonia. Yeah. White Gardena, or how you say his name? Yeah, the uh, blood uh, tastes like perfume. Yeah, blood fetish guy. Yeah. You can, he's got a Facebook page. Yeah. You can talk to him on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a wild He, stuff. like, reposts people buying his stuff. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. You know, Mariandora ain't like that. No. I've never even seen a picture of Mariandora. It, it almost feels like he doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's somebody else, and Mariandora is just, like, a pseudonym for him. Which I think that's possible. And it's cool. Yeah. Like, it could be just Uwe LaMail letting out all of his evil inner <laughs> fetishes that he really wanted to make, you know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be wild. That'd be real wild. So, it's like, you know, I've, I've heard people interview Martin Dora, but he's still cryptic. He's very cryptic. Yeah. Like, he does not. I don't like, even know what he sounds like. Yeah, I've never heard him. 
Like, I think on the disc for uh, the Unearthed Films Cannibal, yeah. there's an interview with Mario Andorra, and he, it's, he's completely in shadow. You can't see him. It's wild. And I think that's awesome. He has a mystique about him, and that makes his films even more scary. Yeah. They feel more dangerous, because you don't know who he is. You can't see him, and you don't know how far he's willing to go. Exactly. He feels the kind of guy who would kill somebody on camera. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's cool. I don't think he would, actually, but that's no. cool that he, he brings that sense of danger. Yeah, he makes the 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 disturbing films. I guess genre mm-hmm. would you yeah, call it? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, the extreme genre. Yeah, it makes it makes his movies a sore thumb in the mix of everything because it because everything feels completely different when that he makes. Like I, I don't like to put other things down to praise other things usually. Yeah, but just because it's fresh in my mind, I watched uh, a Black Lava put it out, and I only think about that because Black Lava also put out Cannibal and yeah. Uh, no, they put out what Voyage. They put out some Dora film. Yeah, I think the I think they put out Voyage because Tetro also put it out. Yeah. Um. But anyways, Black Lava put out Channel Throw Nine, which I, this ain't a shit on Black Lava at all. I really like Black Lava. Yeah. I think their stuff is really good. I think you should go check out Black Lava Entertainment. I mean, they they have the uh, all Lucifer, Lucifer Valentine, Valentine stuff. Yeah. And um, Madness of Many, and as well as some of Brian Paul and stuff as well. Yeah. So go go check out Black Lava. They're really cool. But Channel Three Hundred Nine. I watched it expecting to have this like danger feel. Yeah. And I was never I never felt anything other than just like you knew how far it was gonna go. <laughs> With Mariandora, yeah. That don't exist. When I watch a Mariandora film, I'm honestly on edge. I'm like, what's he gonna show me? Yeah. I do not know. <laughs> watch Angel's Melancholy, like from what I'd heard about it, like it's one of those movies that's like Oh shit. I'm about to watch this. Yeah. Like, once he killed that cat on camera, which I do not condone. No. I think that's a heinous thing and it should never have happened. But once he did that, you don't know what he's willing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It It's fucking horrific. Yeah. But I think that's something interesting about Marandora is that, like, he does feel dangerous. He's one of the few filmmakers nowadays that feels dangerous. I, I agree. And that doesn't, that's not us shitting on Sam Hell or James Bell or any of these guys. They're no. all great directors. We love their work. And Sam Hell has that little bit. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I'd say so. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, the th- the thing is, like, <laughs> we kind of heard like, the Mystique of Sam Hell a little bit. Is what I was, I was watching uh, uh, Blood Tastes Like Perfume last night. And I was going through Sam Hell's uh, Twitter, and <laughs> he says some kind of funny shit every now yeah, and Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. He seems really cool. Like, he was, like he, at one point, he put a hashtag, put porn on physical media. <laughs> And I was like, "That's funny. That's funny." But I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people are doing that. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was a long-winded answer to the uh, discuss. We, we, we are had, long-winded. We had not sat down and really discussed Dora in a long time, though. No. And with the Breeze documentary and Tar coming out, I think it's a good time to. I mean, me and you in private had talked about Mario and Dora, but and that's not something on the to show. say about Mario and Dora. Is like every time we talk about extreme films, Dora's name comes up. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like. He he did something. The closest to uh, Dora would have been like Diodato back in the day, I think. Yeah, like around Camp Holocaust, yeah, where he was a filmmaker who was like he was willing to go as as far as he wanted to. Yep. So, yeah. Thank you, Joshua Fat Attack. That was a great question. That was a great question. And we end it with the homie who's been there since we relaunched, the People's Mikey. What's up? He says, "Howdy, my dudes." <laughs> Which I love that like introduction. This my dudes, howdy, my dudes. 
Whenever a new extreme film comes out, it's sometimes called the most fucked up movie ever made. Some live up to it, and others become a letdown. So, I would like to know how you guys approach extreme movies to see if it's worth checking out. Do you guys look up info on the film, cast and director, or lower your expectations, and etc.? Looking forward to hearing you guys talk, shoot the shit about family portraits. Have a good one. Cheers. Um, that's a good question. That's a good question, yeah. Because uh, it happens every year. Yeah, I mean, it's like... I remember when Killing of America was about to get dropped, and people were like, oh, this is one of the most fucked up documentaries ever. Ever, yeah. And, I mean, it's hard to disagree, mm-hmm. in my opinion, on that one. But... Uh, it's tough. It, it, it's hard, because, like... Especially in the age of social media, yeah, it's so easy to get a buzz started on a film. Yeah, like, oh my god, like, was it Veronica? Veronica. Yeah, with the scariest movie, scariest movie ever made, scariest film since The Exorcist. You hear that a lot. Which I I, I sat and watched. We we watched Veronica, and I was like, it's all right. It's fine. It's, it's not, not scary. No, not even close. That one weird Spanish movie with the kid in the in the dining room was way scarier than yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie. Can you terrified or something like that? uh, Terrified, yeah. Way scarier than Veronica. There's been a couple times. uh, Well, I say a couple times, but there's been multiple times where we've heard, "Oh, this is a a fucked up movie. It's going to go down. It's one of the most fucked up ones." And then you watch it, and it's like, "Okay, yeah." Or maybe it's like, "Yeah, it's fucked up, but it's bad." Yeah, you know, like it's like, "Oh, what was the name of that movie?" Um, Earth released it. The clown, oh, uh, torment, torment, yeah, because that that one, that that one got to me. I was like, that's that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, which we talked to John the Doe about that. Yeah, but they also released another one, <laughs> Atroz. Yeah, I hate Atroz, but <laughs> I mean, Atroz is fucked up. It's don't fucked get me up, wrong, yeah. but it's not good. The thing about it is, is, like, when it comes to a new most fucked up film ever made, yeah. I try to do. I don't like to look up. Reviews, for say, because I like to go into a lot of stuff blind. Yeah. But I do look at people I trust. Yeah. And to see if they're talking about it. And if they're talking about it, then I kind of know that, okay, it's something to pick up. Yeah. That's usually how I go about it. Like, I follow several people on Instagram who are into the extreme cinema. And yeah. it's something that they're into and they think it's cool. Like, for instance, that's how I discovered Sam Hale. Love Dump. Yeah. I all of a sudden, all, I mean, Instagram, Love Dump kept showing up. Love Dump, Love Dump, Love Dump. And I was like, this movie looks interesting. What is this? So that's when I started kind of like doing my own research. I'm like, okay, let's you give us a go. Yeah. And it turned to be good. So look, guys like Jonathan Doe, um, Stephen Bloodsworth. Yeah. Those are the kind of guys you look into and like you listen to them. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, those, those guys like, they bring up stuff I'd never even heard of. Yeah, exactly. Again, back to with Jonathan Doe, like, oh, man. When he brought up, was it Uncle Goddamn? Uncle Goddamn, yeah. That's fu- It's fucked up. Yeah, really fucked like, up. And it's real. Yeah. That shit's real. And then he talks about, like, like, he'll go for something that's very real, and then we'll go to something that's, like, more, way more in the realm of fictional. Like, the movies based upon uh, the Jungle Furuta story. Yeah. Or the uh, uh, Hello Kitty, Kitty murders. murders. Yep. Which I didn't know uh, Human Porkchop was a, that was what it was based on. Yeah. I did not know that. I'd seen Human Porkchop. I have a bootleg of it. It's a pretty good movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I need to watch it, but... I mean, I, that's why... Like, anytime those guys talk about something, I'm always like, okay. Yeah, Mr. Parker, Jonathan yep. Doe, Moods. Yeah, Moods. 
um, Sam, Blood, uh, Sam uh, Stephen Bloodsworth, Stephen Bloodsworth. You know, those are the, those are reviewers that, and hopefully us. Hopefully you trust us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, those are the kind of guys you want to listen to, and sometimes you just gotta go with it. Yeah. This is a, like I can think of two examples off my head. Trauma. I've not seen that, but the Mexican horror film, I think it is. Uh, I'm not sure. Like it was getting renowned as like, oh, this is the most fucked up movie since Serbian film. Yeah, and I didn't really see anybody post about it, but I was like, nah, fuck it, let's give it a go. And it was, it was, it's fucked, <laughs> and, it's, and it's good. And the other one I can think of is Dream of a White Doomsday. Oh my god! I solely got into that because I heard, you know, it was like, oh, fucked up Christmas movie. Yeah, and I saw the cover and I was like. Oh shit! About not my headphones out of the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Let's go for it. Let's try it." Yeah, and uh, you know that one turned out good too. Yeah, the, honestly, the ones that get me are the ones that fill me with ex- existential dread, which is which we'll get into. Why well, family portraits is yeah. fucking hard, and sometimes it's based on labels as well. Yeah, like if Unearth puts something out, probably gonna check it out. Oh yeah, you know, back in the day, Synapse. Now Synapse pretty much just does. Old movies, which is yeah. fine. Oh yeah, that's fine. But yeah, Unearth is kind of the big one. Like when Earth puts something out, Black yeah. Lava. You know? Black Lava, yeah. Definitely, like you're like, oh, it's probably gonna be fucked up, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, or if whatever company releases fucking Dora stuff, as we talked about, Petro. Yeah. yeah. And same, you know, Masker guys, Video, Masker, Sam Hale. Yeah. When Sam Hale puts something out, you know, Bizarre Theater is gonna be something to watch. I think. Oh we yeah. Talked about it earlier. I mean, it's like uh, the. Uh, we're talking about blood tastes like perfume. perfume. Yeah, that's fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Yep. Unless you're into that. Yeah. Unless that's your fetish, then it's not fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's just something you like. Which go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I mean, good on you. Yeah, good on you. Just keep making sure you put the alcohol in the knife or you stab yourself like they do. Because that matters. Be, be safe. Because that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to. They're just dipping the knife in the alcohol. I'm like you're just tainting the alcohol. Yeah. Now you're just putting your blood in the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's it for the questions for this week. Good questions, yeah. really good questions. Yeah. Keep them up. Yeah, thank you them. so much. We love the questions. Questions are great. <laughs> oh, we love the. Questions. Oh, the questions are good. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time to get into the topic of the of the evening. Yep, and that is disturbing anthologies. Uh, before we get too far into this, I just want to say this was one of the hardest episodes to yes. do. See, I adore. Horror anthologies. Yeah. Horror. <laughs> horror anthologies. One of my absolute favorite genres. It's what got me into horror. Yeah. You know, not only was the creep show my first horror movie ever, but shows like Goosebumps and Are You yeah. the Dark and Tales from the Crypt and Tales from the Dark Side and Night Gallery and Twilight Zone, yeah. Monsters. You know, these horror anthology shows are what birthed me. That's my origin story yeah. as a horror fan, you know, so. Again, for, for me also, like, uh, was Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Like, you know, that stuff was more in the realm of yeah, real, yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> so much shit. Damn. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> this is gonna be on audio. Uh, <laughs> There's so much shit. <laughs> Anyways, that's what birthed me as a horror fan. Like, that's what created my love of the genre. Yeah. So horror anthologies are something I love. However, I did find doing this episode that watching multiple of them back to back to back is hard. It's hard because you're watching so many shorts. The only thing I can think about while doing this was I couldn't imagine doing. Um, Your alarm's going yeah, off. Yeah, no, hang on. Just like when we interviewed Jonathan Doe, you fool. Yeah, oh my god, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Luckily, nobody brought that up. So, um, 
I lost my train, train of thought. Sorry. Uh, you were talking about like watching uh, anthologies back to back to back to back. I, like the only thing I could think about while watching anthologies back to back was I couldn't imagine doing ABCs of Death. Yeah, that would be that'd be really hard. Horrifying <laughs> to try to do. I mean, it was a, it was a prep that I enjoyed because it was like I like I said I love anthology films. Yeah, but at the same time it was like whew, I would like to watch just one solid movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit down for an hour and I have to be done with it. One linear plot. Yeah, one <laughs> linear plot. Not have to like keep up with so many. Yeah, we're doing anthologies and we're gonna start this off with 2011. Yeah, from the UK. We have for you right now, at this very moment, starting now. <laughs> <laughs> little, little deaths. <laughs> Which I look into what little death means. Little deaths is apparently when you have an orgasm, it gets you close. Apparently, it's the only way of getting closer to death. That makes sense because uh, the whole anthology is about sex and horror. Yeah. And combining the sex two. Sex and violence. Yeah, sex and violence. <laughs> sex, sex and violence. violence. What, what, what is sex that? Sex and violence. It's a song. Oh. It's a punk rock song. I can't remember who sings it, though. It's in the opening of SLC Punk. Oh. That's how I remember. That's the whole song. It has two words. Or three words. <laughs> sex and violence. Sex and violence. That would, that would do. Sex and okay. violence. It's actually a really good song. I swear. I'll let you listen to it later. Um, so, yeah. This is directed by Sean Hogan, brother. <clears throat> Adrian Parkinson. Andrew. Whatever. <laughs> Andrew Parkinson and Simon Rumley. <laughs> Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it. I don't care. So this one has no wraparound. No. We go straight into the stories. And our first story is House and Home. Yes. We have a couple. As we do in 99.9% of these. Yeah. Which at one point I do write, we have a couple again. Again. Uh, Spying on a homeless couple. Yeah. Well, we get introduced to them, and they're kind of these upper-class bourgeoisie types. The bourgeoisie. The bourgeoisie. Oh, yes. The elite, if you will. Yeah. The more fortunate. Yeah. And they're discussing, like, are we really going to do this again, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so, like you said, they're spying on a homeless couple. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, Richard, the husband. You wrote names down. Yes. I did not. Wow. Impressive. Uh, I, I actually I actually prepped this week instead of just writing "damn" in my notes. <laughs> um, confronts the the woman in the group who yeah. they nicknamed Sorrow. That's not her nickname. That's her name. I thought they nicknamed her Sorrow. No, she's like she's like, what's your name? She's like Sorrow, and she's like, I don't normally let Sorrow in my house, but this time I'll make an exception. <laughs> that's a rough name. That's a rough name, especially if you end up being homeless. Yeah, that's bad. It's a rough time. <laughs> and they said to give her a quote opportunity. Opportunity, which is never a good idea. That's uh, what I was the first thing I noticed. I was like, I don't care if you're homeless. I know if you're homeless, you're struggling, and you're looking for oh, yeah. any opportunity you can to get out of that situation. But some random guy is like, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you want to come home with me? You say, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Especially in this situation. Yeah. Jesus Christ. God damn, this chair sucks. Anyway, go ahead. Um, They bring her into their home, mm-hmm. have a dinner, and uh, they drug a ba- bottle of wine. Yes. Which... Then they begin to uh, sexually assault her mm-hmm. <laughs> until the ending of the segment. Until the twist. It's not all what it seems. Yeah. Maybe they're not the ones in control. Yeah, we're going to try not to spoil the endings of these yeah. too much because that's the whole thing about anthologies. You want that nice twist ending. Yeah. Um. Yeah, House and Home. Uh, My big problem with House and Home. 
Okay. Because this is the segment you like the most. Out of this one, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Can't drink a monster while doing a podcast. Yeah. It's a bad time. Anyway. <laughs> I've been doing it too, so. Um, is This has been done. I mean, yeah. This was cliche as hell. Like, when the twist happened, I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would, I would be lying if I said it didn't catch me a little off guard. He, I, was, I was expecting him. It's like the director of this one just, like, watched every anthology ever. And was like, there's my twist. <laughs> you know. And then the sound effects. Oh, God, the sound effects. <laughs> there's at one point, the twist happens. And yeah. someone is being attacked by something. Yeah. And the sound effect is literally the cat squeal that you hear in every cartoon ever. The yeah. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Why? Yeah. Okay, sure. Let's keep going. And this <laughs> one just keeps going. and go Like, the twist happens. And then another twist happens. And then it keeps going. Yeah. And then it keeps going. And then it keeps going. I'm like, end, end, end. It, I I get what you're saying, but I do think out of the three here, this is the best one. <laughs> if that's what you're saying, then we're, we're gonna, this is gonna be fun. Oh my god! Well, what did you like about it? Because I feel like I've just been shitting on it. Go ahead. Um, I, I thought the 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 twist was kind of fun, but sometimes it, it is weird because it is like, oh, so the homeless people are, well, I'm not gonna say what they are. Yeah, but. I mean, if you just just watch it and yeah. you'll know what happens. Let's but, do this. Let's do this. This episode is going to be spoiler heavy because there's just no way to discuss yeah. shorts without spoiling because it, it's the crux of the whole story. Yeah. So starting right now, at this very moment, from this time forward, <laughs> starting now, <laughs> beginning at this point in time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna spoil stuff. Yeah. So if you don't want any of these movies spoiled, turn it off. Go watch them. Come back. If you don't give a shit, or you've seen them, join us. <laughs> <laughs> join us. Join us. Uh, they're monsters. The homeless people are monsters. Uh, va- vampiric, maybe. He's got shit teeth. <laughs> That's awesome. They got Nick Gage teeth. No, oh, don't don't insult the king. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult the king. He'll come for us. Um, but <laughs> yeah, the, they uh, they eat the the wife and the husband. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's it. And they're like, how long can we think we can keep her alive for? <laughs> I was like, who cares? I mean, I thought I thought it was an okay segment. Yeah. But I do think out of the these three. <laughs> that's mind-blowing to me. That you think this is the best one. Because the next two are fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, so as we said, we, we are aware now that we are going to spoil things. Yeah. So let's progress because this is going to be a really long episode because we got a lot of destroyed films yes. to talk about. House and Home, I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was anything yeah. special. Uh, next up, we have Mutant Tool. Oh, my God. Which, again, we have a couple. <laughs> yeah, we have a couple. Uh, I did not write their names down, apparently. No. One is an ex-drug addict, yeah. ex-prostitute. One is a drug dealer who yeah. gets the ex-drug addict to sell the drugs for him, which is like, I think that's a terrible idea. But yeah, no. Shouldn't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but it's anyways, a bad idea. So, she's, you know, struggling mentally and stuff like that. And he does seem to care about her, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Is like, even though they're kind of like, he's kind of a shitty person, he does actually give a shit. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting, because usually he'd just been like, I'm abusive and mean and meh. Yeah, but in this story, he's like, you know, he's genuinely like, even though he's a drug dealer and not a very good person, 
He he cares. He yeah, really he, cares. He wants to make sure she's gonna be okay. He seems he has a conscience, and like some of the things he does, he has regrets for. And you see that. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's really interesting, actually. So he hooks her up with a doctor that he works with to help her. <laughs> who the doctor gives her these pills. Experimental pills. These experimental pills. That what they're supposed to help her with? I don't really know. To be honest with you, I think it was supposed to help her with her uh, addiction. Yeah. Okay. And they really didn't. They they were just like, okay, here's the reason to have the pills. Let's go. Yeah. So she starts taking the pills, and anytime someone touches her, she has visions, and she can see their past. Yeah. Basically, which what that has to do with anything, I don't really know. <laughs> God. Um, but she also starts having visions of this guy. This motherfucker. <laughs> this guy in cage. Who has a Moby Huge. Who has a, who has a Moby Huge. That they feed him like sausages. Yeah, like ground. No, like kidneys. Kidneys. Ground okay. up kidneys. They look like sausages. Okay, so when I say Moby Huge, what I'm referring to is he has like a fucking 10 foot cock or something uh, like that. Yeah. Like it's like. <laughs> And they just put a bucket under him. He just drizzles coming. He just drizzles. Just drizzles jism into it. And that's what they're making the pills. Which And you get Mr. Exposition dump. Yeah. Being like, God, oh, these guys were just discovered during the Nazi times and like it turned out they're jism like a hallucinogenic drug. And then, then sometimes the people taking it can become Moby you just It's like, okay. Oh. Oh. Alright So anyways She starts taking the pills And starts hallucinating But the whole segment Is just Her When she gets touched That She has these visions Of her past And fucking Moby Huge dude Yeah And while the guy The The, hu- the uh, hu- Husband Yeah Boyfriend Boyfriend Yeah Is At the place Watching Old Moby Huge No that's not him No No that's just some other dude that's the nephew of the doctor. Oh. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, right? <laughs> Makes even less sense now. What the fuck? So eventually she becomes the movie huge. I don't know <laughs> like, I don't know how to get you to that You final. try to defend this segment. It's fun and stupid. You're just a possum. <laughs> Go ahead. Unleash on it. Let's hear why you okay. hate it so much. It makes no fucking sense. It don't make no sense. Look, again, I don't do, like... I do not mind if something does not make sense as long as it's entertaining. But this was barely entertaining. I, I don't know, man. I've had it pretty entertaining. It's just this dude who just drizzles cum and making the medicine. Yeah. Is it supposed to be like a, a a jab at the pharmaceutical industry? Sure. Or is this just some bullshit? It, I, I think it's some bullshit. <laughs> To me, here's the things I liked about it. I thought the acting was pretty good. Yeah. I thought the visuals were pretty damn cool. I guess. It looked cool. It looked good. It was shot well. It was probably shot better than any of the other ones. <laughs> the next one is just blue. blue. <laughs> but. I don't know, man. Like, just like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, this can't be serious, right? Like, it's t- it's played dead serious. But they all had to be, like, giggling off, sc- off screen. They had to be. You know what I mean? Which made me enjoy the short. <sighs> Plus, he had a Moby Huge. That does not make it good. I mean, it helps. <laughs> You're just a possum. You're a cinematic possum. 
You gravitate towards <laughs> shit sometimes. One of your favorite directors, low key, is Bruno Mattei. That's not even low key. I own, I own probably more Bruno Mattei movies than I own any other filmmaker. <laughs> more than his actual favorite filmmaker, Takashi Miike. Yeah, I probably own more Bruno Mattei films than I do Takashi Miike films. Which is fucking wild. Takashi Miike movies. <laughs> Severin just cranks Mattei out. That's <laughs> true. And look, Mattei's films are entertaining. This was not very entertaining to me. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was all right, but I, I had a fun with it more so than I could say the first one, which I just knew what was going to happen from the time it started. Not just because I'd seen this before, because it'd been a long. I watched this when it came out. Okay. Yeah. So it'd been a long time since I seen this movie. I don't know, man. I I thought I thought the first segment was way better, but I thought this segment was the best segment. I thought the first what? one. What? I thought the first segment was forgettable. You'll never forget this. <laughs> No, I won't forget it. Like, when I described this movie to you, what did I say? You said there was a dude with a giant fucking dick that drizzles cum. Exactly, and I hadn't seen this movie in ten years. <laughs> I didn't remember the homeless people segment. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't even know what to say. <laughs> you didn't like it? No. All right, let's move on. <laughs> it's not good. And the last segment in this one, which, can we both agree this is the worst? This is the worst fucking segment. <laughs> Is called Bitch. So again, we have a couple. Yep, again. Chaos Reprise. <laughs> <laughs> Who are troubled. They're terrible. Terrible. She's an absolute piece of shit. And so is he, technically. He's not a great person, but he just he he's just a little bitch. Hence the title. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's a play on words. He's a bitch because he doesn't stand up for himself. She's a bitch because she's a bitch. And bitch also means female dog. Yeah. Get it? Because she's terrified of dogs, but for some reason makes him dress up like a dog and bums him up the ass. Yeah, pegs him. Yeah, pegs him. <sighs> so. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. So. For one, I don't know who color corrected this oh motherfucker. Oh, God, it's blue. It's just blue. And there's points where it blows out. Like, there's people who like to talk about, like, oh, Halloween is blue. Nah, dog. No. <laughs> you ain't seen blue to you. You ain't seen, seen blue. This is ocean blue. Yeah, this is blue. Like, it's just blue. <sighs> Everything is blue. I don't know what they did to this. And occasionally some red. Occasionally. That kind of looks purple because the color correction is yanked to blue. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> that and, okay, the ending of this segment. We'll get to that. Fuck. So eventually, like, he's trying to put up with her because he loves her, but she's a heinous human being. Who just abuses him and yeah. treats him like shit. And, and the, the 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 thing that it's not getting pegged that breaks the camel's back. No 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 no. Getting getting pegged <laughs> unconsensually, basically. Yeah. That don't that don't break it. What breaks it is he gets cucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At that point he's like, you know what, I'm standing up for myself. I can't get cucked no more. But it's the way he does it. Yeah. That's the stupidest shit. So his grand scheme of, is is to go buy a bunch of dogs because she's terrified of dogs. She's morbidly afraid of dogs, which I thought was actually an interesting. Uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Plot device. Yeah, plot device. <laughs> an interesting plot device. Um, it's, but they didn't use it very well. <laughs> so no. Goes, so he goes buys a bunch. Does he buy a bunch of Rockwallers, but pit bulls, some Doberman Pinschers? Nah, he buys a bunch of dogs that look adorable. <laughs> Like one's like okay. a one's like a Shih Tzu, yeah. And also, you a Pomeranian. <laughs> it's not like he's like training his animals to be killers. No, he feeds them and waters them and plays with them. Yeah, takes them on walks. Takes them on walks. Treats them well. 
then he tricks his girlfriend into being uh, handcuffed to the bed. Yeah. Pours some gravy on her ass. And apparently the dogs eat her. That's the, that's it. That's it. And I think the last visual is really good. Right? Yeah. With him just kind of standing there rolling a tear as she's screaming. And if they played it as just he locked her in there with, with dogs. dogs, that would be kind of a cool fucked up ending because it's like she's mortified and she's screaming for dear life and she's going to be fucking scarred forever because... You know, she can't get away from the one thing she fears more than anything in this world. Yeah. But it's when there's something you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's not, you gotta, you gotta deprive the dogs of food or something to get them to do that. Yeah, dogs don't do that. Dogs don't just do that. Again, <laughs> it's like cases when the own, like an owner of a pet, of a dog dies. The dog will almost go to absolute starvation before, before they would eat. even uh, remotely And these eat dogs, they don't even person. try to make them look vicious. No. They're just like hopping. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're having a good time. Yeah. They don't look scary at all. They're adorable. That's why if they would have just been the like, <laughs> she just locked them in there, would have been way better ending. Yeah. It's when they tried to make it violent is when it got real shitty. It's fucking terrible. First of all, blue. <laughs> I don't know how much more we can emphasize this. It is blue. Like, they're, they're Smurfs. At they're point. Smurfs. It's bad. It's really bad. Like, I like colorful movies. Like, we love Joe B. Ghost. Oh, yeah. But, like, you can't just not light a movie. And then make it blue. And then make it blue. And that's what they did. There's not. It's not that they lit it blue. They it's, shot it regular, and then in post-production, made it blue. And there's a, there's, there's a part where the guy is in an alleyway with his friend smoking a cigarette. And I swear to God, it's blown out to hell because they just fucked it. And it's blue with no reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The color correction is really bad. Yeah. The cinematography is not great. The writing's fucking the terrible. The writing is really bad. Um, the music. Oh, my God. This one song. Goes on for fucking 15 minutes. Okay. It's a loop of that. For, like you said, probably ten minutes. It's bad. It's really bad. This is easily the worst segment in the in the whole anthology. Ugh. So bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, overall, I thought one segment was fine, and the other two were not great. I enjoyed Moby Huge. You enjoyed, what was it, Mutant Tool? Mutant Tool. Or as I call it, Moby Huge. <laughs> Moby Huge. I mean, only all that segment was, it was just like, he drips cum that makes people hallucinate. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> You absolute fucking <laughs> trash panda. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Little Deaths ain't good. No. I think I gave it a three on Letterbox, and then sitting here talking about it, I think I could bump that down to about two I gave and it half. like two and a half, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great at all. <sighs> I wanted the, it to be good. Even the best segment's not anything special. It, it's just got a crazy visual. <laughs> that, that's your favorite segment. Yeah, it's my favorite segment. <laughs> well, at least it had something. Yeah. The other two segments didn't have nothing. No, but I, I don't know. Like, isn't it? Isn't this crazy and fucked up? He's getting pegged. It's like, okay. People just do that. They do that. Whatever. It's <laughs> supposed to be shocking. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, the ending pissed me off. Yeah. Like, if the ending had worked, the segment could have been salvaged, I think. I'd still yeah. have been like, man, that blue. Because, <laughs> like I said, what it looks like to me is it's not like Joe Bagos. Or like creep show or something like that, where everything is lit, bright, and colorful. This looks like they shot it with natural lighting. Yeah. And then in post production, it's like I want it to be blue, 
which I've done that mistake. Like yeah. one of my one of my short films is called Party Time. I made it purple and regretted it. Yeah. Like if I would just lit it better and color corrected it better, I would like that short film better. But of course you're getting better at oh, yeah, you know, lighting the, a scene. Yeah, exactly. I was learning. And I'm still not good at it, but <laughs> I mean we we all learn. Oh god, I hate this chair. But the pillow fell out of it. Well, I think the pillow makes it worse to me, honestly. I don't know. Oh, okay. So anyways, that's Lil Devs. Not great. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Probably the, the worst movie we've reviewed in a while. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, anyways, let's move on to the exact same year. Yeah, exact same year. 2011. It was a good year for anthologies. Big year for anthologies. Yeah, There's quite a few that dropped, actually. They really were. Like, when you go look it up, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have directed by... Multiple people. Multiple people. Which we have the... We didn't write down the directors for those segments because we just didn't give a shit about Little Deaths. I wrote down the directors. Oh, I wrote the directors, but I didn't write down what segments they did. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Oh, well, go ahead. Tell them... Uh, House and Home was directed by Sean Hogan. Okay. Mutant Tool was by Andrew Parkinson. Good job. And Bitch was by Simon, Simon Rumley. Bullshit. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> this one is directed by Tom Savini, Kareem Hussein... Jeremy Caston, Buddy Juvenazzo, David Gregory, Douglas Buck, and Richard Stanley. So, let's address the elephant in the room. We well, have to address the elephant in the room. Okay, so, this year. Yeah. Within the last few months. Also, to, just to preface, we had this planned out before any of this yeah. dropped. Richard Stanley has been accused of some pretty rough things. Yes. Uh, by so, an ex-partner. By an ex-partner, yes. Domestic abuse. Yeah. It, which, we, you know, of course, we do not condone. No. We do not condone any of that. We do not support Richard Stanley unless he is proven innocent of those accusations. Yeah. Uh, however, we will talk about the movies, and we will talk about the movies unobjectively. Yeah. We're not going to let that information hinder what we discuss. Yeah. Because other people worked on the short film and deserve their credit. Um, we, we were talking about doing a Richard Stanley episode at one point, but because of the accusations, uh, we're not doing that. Yeah, that's going to be put on hold. Yeah. But again, with this one in particular, a lot of people worked on this movie. Yes. A lot of people worked on this movie. A lot of people worked on his short. A lot of yeah. really talented people who deserve their credit. Yeah. Just because he did something shitty, allegedly. Let's say allegedly, because yeah. it's not been proven. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we stand with the victims until yeah. proven wrong. If. If proven wrong. Yeah, if proven wrong. So, I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Um, again, you, with a simple Google search, you can find the accusations. Yeah. It's on his uh, ex-partner's um, uh, blog. Yeah. And, fair warning, like I know we talk about some disturbing content on our show, but mostly it's in the realm of fiction. Mostly. Mostly. I mean, sometimes not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes not. <laughs> we did a whole episode about not... Well, soon we are, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, at the same time, these accusations are fucking rough. They're rough. And, you know, like I said, like, it, it is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. We do believe in that. But at the same time, we do not condone supporting him. And, 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 it, because if these accusations are correct, then he should be blackballed and pushed away from... Po possibly jailed. Yeah. Exactly. If, po if possible. Yeah. So, I mean, especially if, since fucking Bill Cosby got released from jail. What the fuck? Yeah. That's the thing. We stand with the victims. Yeah. We always will. But, like I said, other people worked on this who are very talented and deserve their due. Again, like, 
it, the other directors. We got Buddy Juvenaza. Yeah. We got and the people Douglas who worked Buck. on Mother of Toads. I mean, you got Katriana McCall. Yeah, legend, mm-hmm. amazing actress. Kareem Hussein shot it. It's beautifully shot. Yeah, you know they all deserve their due. And just because one dumbass piece of shit is a piece of shit, they, <laughs> allegedly, 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 <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Uh, doesn't mean they don't deserve the credit that they for their hard work. Yeah. So, I think that's the best way we can do it. I, I went ahead. I went ahead and said let's preface that because he is the first segment. He is the first segment. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, it is innocent proven guilty. We do believe in that as well. Yeah. But at the same time, we also believe in standing and believing the victims. Exactly. <laughs> so. Make of it what you will. That's on you. Yeah. At the end of the day. So, we just want to preface that because we don't want nobody to be like, I can't believe you're covering Richard Stanley. Yeah. And, and at the same time, like, it, it is that kind of weird, like, moral thing. Like, I mean, can you separate the art from the artist? Depends. Uh, on this, in this situation, I think it's really hard because a lot of the accusations happen with Mother of Toads. Mother of Toads, yeah. And that, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, I hate that this, you know, allegedly happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, hopefully everything gets sorted out with it. Yep. Yep. That's all we can, that's all you can say, yeah. right? It'll always, like, you know, we believe in true fault. We believe in innocent until proven guilty. We're not yeah. going to sit here and be like, oh, piece of shit, fuck him. Even though I did kind of say piece of shit, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. If it's true, then he is a piece of shit. Um, but at the same time, we also believe the victims. Because exactly. Because that's, that's what you do. Right. That's the moral correct thing to do. <laughs> exactly. But we'll see as time passes with that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so essentially this this uh, an- this anthology does have a wraparound. It's the Theater Gonglier or something like that. <laughs> uh, Theater Guignol? Guignol? I don't, know it's, I don't think it's Guignol. Gu- Gu- I think I it's know. like Grand Guignol or something like that. I mean, it's spelled G-U-I-G-N-O-L. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced like Grand Guignol or something like that. I don't know. I don't know either. It's French. The theater Bazaar. We're French. Well, we're not French. No, we're not. Oh, this is like last week all over again. Oh, no. Good, damn it, John. <laughs> we're not French. We're from East Tennessee. We're from the mountains. <laughs> we're like... <laughs> Hit country. Ding. <laughs> it's, I don't do that. I don't dip either, but... It's you know, gross. It is gross. But, you know what I'm saying? That's where we're from. Well, no, don't be people who dip. Yeah. That's where we're from. We got little little southern brains. We can't help it. <laughs> we're born differently. <laughs> Got little southern brains. Anyways, Jesus. so basically, this girl is obsessed with this theater across the road from her. Yeah, she's she's drawing about it. She's got little newspaper clippings up about it. And yeah. one day, for no reason, it just poof, lights up. And of course, her intrigue can't help it. Curiosity to kill the cat, kind of thing. Yeah, she goes and sits down, and this disturbing puppet, <laughs> played by uh, Udo Kier, Udo Kier. <laughs> one of the craziest bastards in cinema history, <laughs> Udo Kier. Man, they. Made him look fucking wild. He's terrifying in this at first. So uh, he basically comes out and he introduces all the segments, and all the segments are opened with their puppet that's doing something that represents yeah. the story. And and as the as the movie progresses, Udo becomes more and more human. Yes, and that's essentially the wraparound directed by Jeremy Casson called the Theater Gringia. <laughs> the the theater. Uh, <laughs> How do I say it? Uh, so segment number one is Mother of Toads, directed by Richard Stanley. Of course, we spoke on this already. Yes. Um, basically, you got a couple. Haha. <laughs> Can't hear that one. Have you? Uh, Stop me if you've heard this one before. 
every, almost every segment has a couple in it. You got a couple who are uh, an American couple in France. Yeah. And he's an anthropologist. I They went there on vacation. Yeah, but he's an anthropologist who just can't stop working. Yeah. Can't stop. He just can't stop. And every little thing interests him. And it irritates her. Yeah, it pisses her off. And they're at a little marketplace where this gypsy woman yeah. is selling earrings. And the earrings is the mark of the Necronomicon. Hey. Because hey. this is based on a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story. Yeah. And uh, which is played by, by the way, Catriona McCall. <laughs> yeah. The goddess of Italian horror. <laughs> Damn straight. Oh um, my god. What? My, pay, my family portraits page almost, almost got fucking ripped out. <laughs> Jesus. So anyways, she's like, not only do I have these earrings, I have the Necronomicon. Dun dun. And he's like, <gasps> and she's like, well, we're busy. We can't come over. He's like, no, 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 honey, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You go you go swim. I'm going to go look at the Necronomicon. Jesus. Fuck this toad woman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that, but. So he goes. Also, there's a fraction of people who actually own a Necronomicon. Yeah, right. You go like, buy it at like Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I don't know. Like, we'll get to that because this guy, God bless him. Oh my God, might be a sweetheart. Whew, he can't act. Anyways, it's wood. It's bad. Wooden. It's not quite Wiseau levels, but it's pretty no, bad. It's not Wiseau levels. It's but. pretty bad. Oh, oh yeah. So, anyways, he goes to the, the gypsy woman's house and she shows him the Necronomicon. And it turns out, ho oh, oh, ho, it's real. Yeah, but there's something more sinister going on here. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a bunch of toads. <laughs> toads. Yes. Everywhere. And it turns out that this gypsy's not just a normal gypsy. She's the mother of toads. Dun, 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 dun. Which, when I try to describe the plot right there, I was like, there really is no plot. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shit kind of just happens. It just happens. There's toad vision at one point. It's like hypno-toad. It, that threw me off. Yeah, like everything is like shot really naturally, and it looks really cool, and everything's kind of, you know... Spooky and... And then you have the toad vision. And it's purple and neon. It's like... Yeah, toad vision <laughs> looks like like what the predator sees. Yeah, you're like, whoa, what the... F-? <laughs> <laughs> it threw me out of the film. I was like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. So, let's get into the what I think is the number one problem in this short film. Okay. The lead is <sighs> so bad. Oh, he my is God. so bad, Matt. Plank from and then Eddie acting. He has more. Plank's got more personality than this guy does. <laughs> That's awesome. Two points in the film where I, I shook my head like I can't believe this <laughs> was when she first set the Necronomicon down. Yeah, and he's looking through it and he's like, "My God, it looks real." And I was like, "You're looking at the fucking Necronomicon. <laughs> Get excited, yeah, you son of a bitch." Yeah, and then he spots the mother of Toad, and I can't remember the exact quote. Uh, he's like, <laughs> "Wait, do I have it wrote down? Hang on, hang on." Uh, talk. What is this? It's hideous. Yeah. She's like, it's the mother of toads. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, Jesus. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's 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 horrific. Yeah, that that way right there. Oh, it's horrific. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Are you he a finds, real person? He finds his girlfriend dead. Yeah. And he might as well be doing the, the oh God, oh man, oh God, oh man. <laughs> They're eating her. Yeah, it's like I was like I can't even believe. Oh how, my god! Like when I was younger, when I first saw uh, Theater Bazaar, this was my favorite second. And, and you know, we did go into it with the knowledge of Richard Stanley's accusations yes. and how bad they are, and if they're true, fuck him forever. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't let that like to hinder me from the short. I watched the short objectively. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did too. It don't hold up. No. 
the effects at times bad. Yeah, the mother toad looked bad. Uh, the, I thought the one in bed looked better. Yeah, the one was in motion. <laughs> it was in motion. I was like, "What is this?" And the ending is dumb. Yeah, it's there's a, no ending. It's a, it's cop out ending. It's just like ah, oh, any bot scene and that's it. Yeah, we bought the camera. Yeah, blackout. Back to Udo Kier. Back to Udo Kier doing some weird shit. It shot gorgeously. Oh, Kareem Hussein. What a what a cinematographer. Oh yeah. guys. This was actually the movie that made him realize he didn't want to make movies, which. Kind of a shame because yeah. he's a good filmmaker, but at the same time, it's like I really like this segment. In this. I did too, but like he's such a good. Sim- I think he went. Don't quote me on this, but I think he worked on True Detectives. Really? Or not True Detectives? What was Fincher's film? Fincher's film or Fincher's uh, show? Mindhunter. I think he worked on Mindhunter. One of those. He worked on one of those. Oh my! Well, that would make sense because Mindhunter was shot gorgeously. This but. dude, like, he became like a cinematographer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this dude is like top of his game cinematographer. Oh yeah. And it does show in all the segments. Yeah, all the ones he shot are gorgeous. Yeah. So that's that's uh that's Mother of Toads. It's okay. It's not great. Yeah. It does not hold up. No. And it also sticks out like a sore thumb in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, because rest of them at least play somewhat in reality. Yeah. This one is completely fantastical. Which I also get- I reckon the theater. <laughs> you know, is a real thing where it's all it's usually like romantic melancholy. Yeah. Where Stanley's is just like an excuse to do a Lovecraft story. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, <laughs> but I guess I guess at that point it was like we forced him to do a story again. <laughs> yeah, right. You <laughs> <laughs> get took off the production. So uh, next up is "I Love You" by Buddy Juvenazzo. He's back, the king. <laughs> yeah, the king of gritty New York. I don't know if he's the King Gritty or I'd say like Abel Ferreira or Frank King Lauder. He's one of them. He's up there. He's great. Combat Shock is one of our favorites. At least the prince of yeah. the so, uh, uh, that look. This is, again, we have a couple. Yes. <laughs> Stop me for this one before. Stop me for this one before. <laughs> we have a couple who uh, the man wakes up in uh, the floor of a bathroom. His hand is cut. He doesn't know how it's happened, which I thought was a cool catalyst for the film. Yes. Like trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, this one's very much told like a... Uh, so, almost like a very dark version of a scary horse tell, told the tale in the dark. Yeah, really. And uh, he, his wife shows up, who's with another man. Yeah. And she's leaving him. Yeah. And he's like, don't leave me. <laughs> yeah, he keeps saying, don't, don't leave me. I love yeah. you. And eventually they have sex. Yeah. One last time. <laughs> For the final time. For the final time. And they're sitting there. And she's like, oh, well, I'll tell you everything. And <laughs> she unloads on his ass. Bruh. She systematically t- tears him apart. It's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, fucked your best friend. What? Yeah. Remember that time I went to France? Or I remember that time I went, yeah, I went to France. Fucked him. <laughs> what? <laughs> I fucked my sister's uh, husband. What? <laughs> it's like, what? I hate you. I hate the way you look. I hate the way you smell. I hate the way you act. <laughs> I hate the way you have sex with me. He's just like. Like, damn, boy, you're getting ripped in trans. That's the kind of situation where you're just like, maybe the truth's not what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, it turns out, and like I said, we're spoiling all these because of the hell is you talk about them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how else you talk about them. Uh, is when he woke up, all that is his memory yeah. of what happened <laughs> before he killed his wife. And her new lover. And her new lover. And when he realizes that, he... Does himself in. Yeah. 
I like this segment a lot. Yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. It's actually. shot really well. It's very simple. Yes. But, but done very well. The acting is excellent. The soundtrack is good. The visuals are great. It's gritty. It's dark. It's Buddy Juvenazzo. But actually, oh, like... Yeah. Way cleaner and prettier than anything Buddy Juvenile has ever really done. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it I mean, does, to be, to be it's fair. not grimy and gritty, but it does take place in Berlin, not yeah, New, York New York City. Yeah. <laughs> if, it was in, if it was in New York, it would probably have been a little grimy. It like, like a heroin dealer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like this segment a lot. There's not a lot to say I, about it. It's very simple. Very, very simple. Yeah, it's, it is very simple. But um, it has a nice twist and yeah. a... Uh, it's it's very simple but very effective. Yeah, powerful. You feel it. Yeah, it's good stuff. When she's unloading on him, I'm like, I don't know if this guy's a good guy, but damn, I don't know if he deserves this. Yeah, it's bad. He's getting buoyed to hell and back. <laughs> <laughs> just like almost like a laundry list. Yeah. Of just everyone she fucked. Yeah. And why she doesn't like him anymore. Yeah. It's brutal. It's bad. Sitting there watching, you're like, damn, damn. He says, look at his face like. Oh man! Oh fuck! <laughs> Damn boy! It's like it's like you ain't gonna do me like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I know you're telling the truth, but damn, truth hurts. So then we move on to Wet Dreams by Tom Savini. Tom Savini's first film since the Night Living Dead remake. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so this one we have a couple. Stop me if you've heard of this one. God, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, how many couples can you write into a? Anthology. Apparently a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, Because um, even, like, with the other movie, there's, like, two other couples. Two other couples. Fuck. So, you have a couple. <laughs> yeah. Who, stop me if I've heard this before, having marital problems. Yeah. He keeps having dreams of his dick being bit off by a pussy monster. <laughs> which takes you back. You don't, you don't see that one coming. I paused the movie and went to where you were at. <laughs> and I was like, I uh, wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for pussy monster. No. He keeps having these gory graphic dreams, which were all done by the special effects maestros Fred Vogel and yeah. Jeremy Cruz. Which you can tell. Oh, yeah, that's good shit. Such good shit. Such good shit. Oh, one, one thing I want to say before we continue is the effects in Buddy Juvenazzo's uh, segments are really good, too. They are really, really good, yeah. yeah. I'd say, for the most part, all the effects in this are really good. Yeah. Minus anyway. the mother of toads. <laughs> yeah, the mother of toads walking look bad. They look bad. <laughs> they look like pile of shit. Yeah, look like big floppy feet. <laughs> so feet. Damn. So Buddy Juvenile no wait, no. Tom Savini. Oops, sorry. Uh they they're having marital problems. Yeah. And uh he goes to his therapist who's just like, you know, you're having dreams. I don't really know to be honest with you. More this is another one. I'm trying to explain the plot. I'm like, is it got a plot? <laughs> uh I mean Tom the it's actually Tom Savini. It is Tom Savini. And the therapist is like you you're just having dreams, bro. Yeah. But you then just he have to count to three and wake up. Yeah. And then as it goes along, we start to realize that maybe the husband's a piece of shit. Yeah. Might be an abusive piece of shit. Yeah. So eventually, Debbie Roshan, the great Debbie Roshan, yeah. his wife, decides to get revenge on him. Oh. It does she. <laughs> Credits, basically. <laughs> Savini's in on it. Yeah. That's wet dreams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this one's just there. It's fine. It's not bad. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I thought I think it probably should have stopped at the pussy monster. I think, I think it was <laughs> that peak. was a whole segment. <laughs> yeah, that, that was peak. Yeah, it just it's okay. The effects are good because it's Jeremy Cruz. Yeah. The ending is brutal, but it keeps going on. Yeah, too long. 
Uh, it's a good visual, though. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that visual, that's not what I was expecting to happen. Yeah. You think his cock was cut off? Yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what I thought. But then it gets this, like, like stupid fucking, it's not a dream, bitch. Yeah. Like, God, so you can't rot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is the reason you didn't make a movie since 9-11 Dead 1990. <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Wet Dreams. Wet Dreams is just kind of there. It yeah. exists. It's okay. It's a okay segment. Okay segment. So then we move on to whew, the man of the hour. <laughs> The man that will ruin your day. Why did we die? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old Douglas Buck. Old Douglas Buck is a man who needs to see therapy. Old Duck Buck fuck. <laughs> D- D- Douglas Buck, I, I mean, I, I'm sure you probably don't listen, but if you do. Handsome man. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen Douglas Buck? Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Man, you need, you need like therapy. <laughs> I think he does do therapy. I think his movies are his therapy. I think he needs more therapy. <laughs> he seems like a lovely guy. Ah, uh, man. This this segment is... Heavy. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it literally starts with a little girl going, Mom, why do we die? As soon as that happens... Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You yeah. asking, you're asking too hard of questions. You need to back up. Yeah, the, it's just a... Like, I mean, it just shows what happened before, what they saw before, like, earlier on in the day. Which is a horrific motorcycle accident. Yeah. Which I think it's a father and son motorcyclist. Yeah. yeah. And the son is killed by a deer. Yeah. And the dad kills the deer. And the the rest of the short is the little girl talking to the mom about why do we die? Asking some heavy questions. Asking some heavy questions. And that's the best way to describe this short film. <laughs> if I was the parent, I'd be like, you got some dope-ass questions. You just go to bed. <laughs> you go, go to bed. <laughs> but that's how I would describe this short in particular. It's heavy. Yeah. Again, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeously shot. Oh yeah, um, and just really good, like well acted, dreamy yeah. times. There's not a lot that happens in it. No, like it's pretty basic. Yeah, but at the same time, creative because I would not have thought of doing this in yeah. the theater bazaar. But I think it actually because it's so different and so simple. Yeah, it actually stands out for the better. Exactly, and. That's something about Douglas. We'll get into it later, of course. Yeah, but that is essentially his work, man. Like it is taking a situation that is rather mundane, and it's it, it, so it, it becomes so mundane that it becomes disturbing as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about the accident. It's just good. It's just yeah. really good. It's the one I would seek out probably more than any other ones. Yeah. For for me, I think it's th- it's one of three, which we'll get into the yeah, third one. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I don't know. Four. This one, Yeah, for four. This is the, the, the one more that I, I actually think is the best short in the Yeah. Segment. This is probably the one I would seek out the most of them if yeah. I was telling somebody which one to watch. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on who you are. Yeah. I mean, it's heavy. It's dark. It's, yeah. I, it, but out of everything he's directed, I don't know if it's the heaviest thing he's ever no, done. No, 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 no. This this is just a very unique short that very much plays with existentialism. Yeah. Yep. Yep. yep she's yep. very good at. He's very good at. So then we move on to Vision Stains. This one. Directed by Kareem Hussein, which essentially we have this woman who's like a writer. Uh, okay. She is sort of a writer. I mean, she's a writer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a, a voice that pops up later says she's a plagiarist. That's true. It's very true. But... 
Okay. This <laughs> this thing was fucking wild. Yeah, so she's a rider who has decided to engulf herself into the the world of a homeless woman. Yes. Uh, but she's also discovered that the if you kill somebody yeah. and suck out the juice in their eye, Ugh. that all their memories are trapped in their eyes because your life flashes before your eyes when you yeah. die. So if she sucks that juice out and injects it into her eye, she can see their history and how they got there, and she yeah. writes it down. But she always goes for uh, for women. Yes, because women are the creators of the world. And they suffer the most. Yes. It's a little feminism by crying his name. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big standout in this one is the eye effect. Ugh, it's... Hard to look at. Which, instead of making a full head and trying to zoom in, yeah. they got the idea to make a giant eye yeah. and film it regular. And it, it, and it works it so well. It works. <laughs> Crazy good. Which, apparently, you, you told me that during this segment, people in the in a theater watching it passed out. Yeah. Which, whew, I, can see, I can see why. Yeah, if you're, if you're squeamish at all. Again, this one's gonna get you. I think it's like I certain parts of the body I do not like being fucked with in movies. Yeah, eyes are one of them. Eyes are one of them. So having it, I'm not a big fan of like injections either. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, some people don't care, but yeah. I don't like shots. Yeah. So to draw or drawing blood, yeah. drawing Clearly. this. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Mr. Pass Out. I passed out <laughs> twice. No, no, I passed out once. <laughs> Pass out once getting blood drawn and I almost passed out twice. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, if you guys know, let me know so I can be paranoid about it. Uh, <laughs> but they, he, she draws this liquid from the eye and injects it into her own, which makes me feel fucking ill. Mm-hmm. But in seeing the, she she sees the visions of these of these women's lives and she documents them. Yep. So what she decides to do is she gets very, very morbidly curious and wants to see what happens if she does the same to the unborn. The unborn, yep. To see what they see. Yep. And it does not. Does not go well. No. Let's put it that way. Just does not go well. The voice of something tells her to fuck off. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, this one I think is really cool. Yeah. I think if I had any problem, it is the ending. It's just kind of eh. Yeah. And some of the black metal-ish music they use is a little off. A little bit. But ultimately, shot well, acted well, great effects. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> Very fucked up. Really good. Very creative idea for a short. Very creative idea. Except for the fact it's mm. very similar to Liquid Memories. Yes. By uh, our boy Jimmy Scrimmerclaws. <laughs> Which I think the idea of injecting it somewhere else, like he does, is yeah. a little easier to process than into the fucking eyeball. Yeah, and it's more about getting high yeah. than it is about seeing the memories. Yeah. They get high off the memories in that one. So we end the anthology off with David Gregory, the man behind seven films. Yes. Sweets. This one. Which stop me if you have heard this before. We have a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. And she's breaking up with him and giving him every cliche you've ever heard. It's not me. It's you. I just don't want to be in a relationship. I love you. I'm just not in love with you. But not just that. They're just gorging on sweets as this is happening. The room is covered in just sticky, goopy sweets, and it is gross. It's fucking vile. And he's just like picking like just handfuls of just goop out of the floor and shoveling Uh, it in his mouth. uh, 
And uh, so while she's doing that, we get uh, scenes of them as they met. Yeah. They start dating and all the steps of that. And it all starts out kind of sweet and innocent. But <laughs> the further it goes, the worse it gets. The weirder and darker yeah. it gets. <laughs> Until uh, she finally is like, you know what? Fine. I'll take you back. But I warned you. Mm. And then we cut to this like very clean, pristine, bourgeoisie, elite, Room. uppity pieces of shit yeah. <laughs> that nobody likes kind of people at this party. And they lead him in like a pig to the slaughter. Yep. <laughs> Which is what happens. Yep. They kill him. They eat him. They eat him. And that's sweets. That's it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I love this yeah. segment. That's the end of Bizarre. <laughs> that's the end of Bizarre, everybody. How you going? <laughs> We gotta get going. We're an hour and a half already. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> but I don't want to rush through things. So, no, you know. But yeah, that's Theater Bazaar. Uh, I do think Theater Bazaar is really fucking good. I do too, actually. I think it's a very solid anthology. I could see how somebody would be like, "Eh," because uh, it treads a lot of the same themes. It does. I mean, how many times do we say we have a couple? <laughs> Which we're not gonna stop doing that. That's true. <laughs> but like, two of the segments play on the same themes. Yeah. You know, I love you and wet dreams are all about like meritable. Yeah, they're back to back. Yeah, and then even sweets has kind of the oh, I'm breaking up with you ideal. Yeah, you know, but at least it's different enough to make it stand out. Yeah, that's my problem. I would say it just kind of treads the same ground a little too much. Yeah, so not all the segments are great. No, but there are some really really good. ones. But when it's good, it's really good. It's visually great. It's very entertaining. It has a great soundtrack. The wraparound is really cool. Udo Kier is awesome. Mm-hmm. All the directors are directors you know and love, and they do what they do best, you know? Yes. So ultimately, I think Theater Bazaar was a success. A- absolutely. And it was not the first, but it kind of was the ushering <laughs> in of the, let's get a bunch of filmmakers together and do an anthology. Like ABC's of Death, Death VHS, VHS, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Which I'd like to see if they try to do this again. That would be really cool, like a Theater Bazaar too. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you would do it with the wraparound, but... Let's get Fred Vogel, Marion Dora... Oh my God. <laughs> Do you remember what was supposed to be And this is a little bit of a tangent There was supposed okay. to be a Masters of Horror-esque uh, Show, movie But with underground filmmakers I vaguely remember this yeah. like It was like Eric Stanzi Nick Palumbo yeah. Jim Van Baber And originally it was supposed to be Fred Vogel This never happened, it never came no. out But Nick Palumbo kicked Fred Vogel Off the movie because Fred Vogel had never shot with film before. Mm. And then I heard that and was already like, fucking Nick Palumbo, whatever. But then I saw his movie Nutbag. Yeah. Which is shot on DV, not video. <laughs> Looks like shit, sounds like shit. Shit. Shit fucking movie. Shit fucking movie. Fuck Nick Palumbo. <laughs> fuck him up his ass. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever even cover Murder Set Pieces, maybe. I mean, I'm assuming one day we will, but fuck I mean, Nick I feel like Palumbo. we kind of have to. Fuck Nick Palumbo up his yeah. ass. Anyway, that's just a little tangent. I don't know why I thought I even thought about that. I ain't thought about Nick Palumbo in years. But fuck Nick Palumbo. <laughs> you owned two of his movies. Like, Nutbag. God damn it. I saw Nutbag. I mean, the thing is... Like, I was like, this is the guy that kicked Fred Vogel off the movie for not shooting on film. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's like an edgy boy. And spoiler alert, Murder Set Pieces ain't that good. <laughs> it just shot on film. Shots fired. He got... He got. Here's here's the story behind Murder Set Pieces, guys. You want a little inside scoop? <laughs> This motherfucker got dumbasses to invest a million dollars into an exploitation film and then couldn't make their fucking money back because it sucks. <laughs> Murder set pieces. <laughs> yeah. 
Burning bridges. I don't give a fuck. We're never going to talk to Nick Palumbo. <laughs> yeah, fuck Nick Palumbo. We interviewed Fred Vogel for a reason, not Nick Palumbo. Yeah. I don't know why I'm even talking about Nick Palumbo. Nick Palumbo had nothing. Theater Bazaar is a good movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch Theater Bazaar. There's a great edition out by Severin. It's good. It's really good. Glad they finally got the rights to their own movie back. Oh, my God. Because I reckon that Blu-ray wasn't even, like, mastered. Oh, my God. Like, the subtitles didn't work. Fucking A. Yeah, like, it was bad. It was a bad edition of the movie. It, it, didn't they say it was somewhat? It was borderline bootleg. Borderline bootleg. God Even though I, it was Dark Sky that put it out. Oof. Yeah, I think there was just some bad blood between Gregory and Dark Sky at the time. Oh well, so, you know. I don't. Does Dark Sky even exist anymore? I don't know. I don't know. They put up Texas Chainsaw that special edition back in the day, and that was awesome. So, you know, they put out some cool movies, <laughs> man. Eating Alive. They put Eating Alive out. Who has the rest of Texas Chainsaw? Because that movie's like in fucking weird limbo. Who knows now? Yeah, they put out Dark Sky put out Eating Alive. Yeah. And Henry. It's a, it's a good movie. Some good movies, yeah. So sorry. Whew. So finally, another mm. seven releasing. Yep. And they released around the same time. Yeah. Well, they released about the same time. Yeah. But this came out in two thousand three. Yep. Two thousand. Well, Family Portraits came out in two thousand three. Yeah, the full collection came out yeah. in two thousand three, but they each individually came out different times. So this one's a little different. Yes. Where Theater Bazaar and Little Deaths was created to be an anthology. Yeah. This was three of Douglas Buck's short films that they decided to compile together to make a compilation of sorts. Yeah. Uh, and release it under a single title so they could put it into film festivals and stuff. Yeah. And it is titled Family Portraits, A Trilogy of America. You guys ready to get heavy? <laughs> Woo! It's about to get heavy. It's about to get It's dark. heavy hitter time, too. Yeah. Because the very first segment... In Family Portraits is the infamous and notorious yep. Cutting Moments. Yeah, which, released in 1997. Because so, when you first get into extreme films and, yep. and underground and, and disturbing movies, one of the first things you're going to hear about is Cutting, cutting moments. moments. And uh, probably, I would say, it has earned its reputation. Absolutely. So stop me if you heard this one in this episode. Oh, oh. We have a couple. Hey! <laughs> Actually, this time we have a family. Yeah, it's a family. We well, have a mom, a dad, and a son. Yeah. And something is going on. They never get into it. Because I know you You came in like, yeah, the dad molested the... I assume that. But it's never... What, what makes me think that is... Okay, to, to give a preface, is we very much... we How it kind of opens is we see... Some playing with toys outside. Them awesome Power Rangers stuffed things. I used to have those. Yeah. And then the dad walks over and is like, oh, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. And then he looks down and then the toys, he's got them in a very... Uh, Sexual. Position. Yes. But what makes me think that the, the father did it is because he takes the toys and like cuts them up. Yes, but later on in the short, away. when she wakes up and rolls over and he ain't there. Yeah. Right? The mom's like, what did I do? Oh. So, what do you think? I don't know. I don't really know. It, it, there's a lot left to interpretation. Yeah, because at one point during the dinner, you know, she's like, you know, I talked to the lawyer today. They may come get whatever the kid's name is. Uh, hang on. Please tell me what the kid's Joey? name. Joey? Joey, yes. Yeah. They're gonna come. They might come get Joey tomorrow. Okay, the the family. The the wife's name is Sarah, and the uh, the husband's name is Patrick. Patrick. Yes. His unconscious in a coma. <laughs> going. <laughs> Patrick. 
It's important I go get that. We should do Patrick. I think we should too. Patrick's wild. It's wild as fuck. Anyways, um, yeah, so at the dinner, they're like, they're going to come get Joey tomorrow. Yeah. But they never, like, they never let you in on exactly what's happening. Because, like I said, and then there's a the part at the di- at the, in the bed where she's like, what did I do? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. It could have been the par- parents. It could have been someone else. Maybe she thought something was going on, but there wasn't. Yeah. You know. Or, like, she rolled over, saw he was gone. Maybe he was in the kid's room. Possibly. And been like oh fuck i marry this guy yeah i don't know i don't know it's up for several interpretations the only reason i think it's not that because she's desperate for his attention yeah what made me think that it is the dad which we're going fucking we're talking about this for a while but is that i think she's trying to get his attention to prevent this from happening see i didn't take that as that at all no i took it as she wanted the normality back. Okay. She wanted the family back together. I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right because mm-hmm. I don't know. But something's up. Something is up. Definitely because they're saying that they're going to come take Joey away. Yeah. So, so something's fucky. Yeah. And the husband has no interest in her at all. At all. I See, I, I took that as he's mad at her. Yeah. Not that he's like, oh, I don't find her attractive. I only find children attractive. I didn't take it as that at all. I took it as he's pissed at her. Okay. This is the scene where she comes in all dressed up and is kind of like, ta-da, and he's looking at her and he has hate in his eyes. Yeah. Like, it's not like indifference. It's hate. Mm. Like, he's fuming. You know what I mean? Like, how he fucking dare you? I almost saw that look almost, too, as, like, just numb. I took it as he was, like, he hated her. Okay. You get a lot of interpretation A lot of here. interpretation in this one, which is great. Yes. Because you can discuss it for days, and you'll never know. Douglas Buck knows. I try yeah. to watch the uh, director's commentary on it. Yeah. And it's very it's a very technical commentary, okay. more so than he gets into what's going on. Yeah. Still good, but, you know, it's a lot more about, like, who they were, how he found the actors, you know, where the ideal came from. Yeah. Stuff like that, more so than it is about, like, the movie itself. Right. So, we, after he turns her away, basically, without even speaking. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom and has a breakdown. Yeah, a bad one. Yeah, and uh, do we? We're going to keep going with the spoilers and just talk about it. Uh, I mean, I feel like we've done it so far to this point. Okay. So, uh, again, if you do not want to know what happens, then I would recommend just tuning in next week. Tune in next week. Well, not next week. Next two weeks. Next two weeks. We yes. say that a lot. We say next week, and then we disappear for two weeks. Yeah, it's a bi-weekly, well, <laughs> bi-weekly show. <laughs> so, anyways, she takes a what do you call those things? A like still wool. wool. Yeah. Yeah. And starts scrubbing her mouth. Trying to get lipstick off. Yeah, but she she, she gets the lipstick off with like a right like, with like a like a dish rag. But it ain't good enough. No, and then she starts vigorously scrubbing at her face with a still with still wool, and then takes a pair of scissors and cuts her lips off. Yep, and then walks out, which to me is like that's the moment of the movie. Yeah, when she walks out with her lips cut off and he sees her, that's the moment of the movie. Oh my god, it's, it's just haunting! Like, Whoa, yeah, I think that's exactly what I wrote. Is like this is haunting. Yeah, it's such a powerful, powerful, powerful moment. And that's what Douglas Buck's good at: power. <laughs> his films have power. <laughs> yeah, like his work is fucking stunning. Yeah, it really is. It's a shame the guy never really got a break. Yeah, like he did the Sisters remake, but he's remaking a Brian De Palma movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, you're that's some big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and 
you know, I've never seen his sister make it. Might be really good. Don't know. But after that, he really didn't do anything else. That That's sucks. a shame because he's very talented. Oh, I hope he releases more stuff. Me too. Hopefully, the re-release of this gets him back. I did see on Letterbox he was working on something. Yeah, but I can't tell if it was older or not. Yeah, it's kind of like guys like Vinnie Pereira too. You know, the guy made a um, a better place. Buddy, Buddy Juvenazzo. Buddy Juvenazzo. Well, Buddy, yeah. Buddy did do a few other movies. Yeah, but it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, I think what was the last thing he did? Uh, uh, Theater Bazaar. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, man. he may, I think he works in German TV. Okay. So, but anyways, back to family portraits, uh, cutting moments. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the moment of the movie. That's the that's the big one. Yeah. And like, it's haunting. It really yeah. is. Just the way she walks out and she just kind of stands there and like can't make eye contact with him. Yeah. And he's just like staring at her, like, "What the fuck?" You know, like, "Yeah, what did I? What have I done?" You know what I mean? Yeah. This is my fault now. But then it just goes off the rails. It does go off the rails. <laughs> because then it cuts to a bedroom scene where they're both naked. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has hedge clippers. Which they allude to that at the very beginning yeah. of the short. Yeah. And he cut, cuts the breasts off and then cuts off his own genitalia. His cock. Yeah, his cock. He didn't have a Moby Huey, Joe, so. <laughs> Minus five stars. I swear to God. <laughs> Fuck that segment. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this segment. So yeah, I don't know, man. Family portraits is, uh, or not family portraits. Cutting, cutting moments. moments is, it's got a reputation for a reason. Yeah, it's a it's a heavy, heavy, dark, dark short film. <laughs> yeah, man. It's <laughs> it's it's rough. It's really rough. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Um, I mean, that goes with the other two as well. Yeah, the acting in it's great. The the cinematography's basic, but in a perfect way. Yeah. Like, I think I wrote something about... Hang on, let me see if I can pull this up. It's real quick in my notes. Um, Buck... I wrote, Buck is a less surreal David Lynch. He loves to find the horrors hidden behind suburban doors. Yeah. <laughs> he... What, what Douglas Buck is good at is directing suburban nightmares. Yeah, really like, does, yeah. Like, what happens behind closed doors? He, he's a voyeuristic filmmaker. And yeah. And he likes to know what happens behind closed doors, which is fucking taunting yeah because yeah. because i mean it, it very much plays into real life like I, I would say this is out of the two the most unrealistic yeah because it gets so insane yeah but I, I, th- I think that's the point that's the point yeah it's a really shock you yeah hit you, right in the gut yeah he hit you with the <laughs> hit you the one two <laughs> hit you with hit you in the stomach hit you in the face hit you with the thumbtack <laughs> oh god <laughs> um not, not, not jim lloyd um but yeah i i love cutting moments i always have uh, the original, <laughs> the original release of Cutting Moments, the original oh, VHS man. has one of the shittiest cover arts I've ever seen. It's terrible. It's heinous. I, it does not. It, like I think it's got like a chick screaming with lightning and a chainsaw. I think. Yeah, which has nothing. Nothing. Could you imagine grabbing that and be like, "This is gonna be fun." Like, yeah, slasher. Let's go. And then by then it's, it's a just, twenty. You're watching it with a f- group of friends at like a, like a sleepover. Yeah. Like here you think you're like, oh, it's slasher city. Let's go. And then everyone's just like. Huh. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's what you do. That that's what that's what this what this entire fucking trilogy does. Yeah, is it's like I just want to go lay down. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go to bed. <laughs> because, like, it is disturbing. All yeah. three are disturbing, but at the same time, it's depressing. Depressing. As fuck. Yeah. So I think that's cutting moments. Yeah, cutting moments. It's good. 
And like I said, it's it's got his reputation for a reason. And like when you look up disturbing movies, one of the first ones you're gonna run into is Cutting Moments with that shitty fucking that VHS shitty art. fucking poster, <laughs> or not poster, but VHS cover. Art. Yeah. So next up is Home. Yeah. What year did this one come out? Home came out in '98. Next year. Yeah, next year. Wow, he was cranking them out. Starting the same guy. I think it's the same guy. Yeah, same guy. This one almost plays as a sort of sequel slash remake. Yeah. In a sense, a loose retelling. Yeah. In a way. Where, okay, in this one we have uh, Gary. <laughs> Gary. And Gary, which is also the the actor's real name. Gary, now I know. I that was, was wrong. wrong. You fucked up and killed your whole family. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Fucking A. I had to bring up the levity somehow, Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens next segment. Um. Uh, so, yeah, Gary, like, we get these, like, f- he's narrating, and we get these flash forwards and flash backwards. Gary's of, a fucking liar. Of, yeah. Of his, well, maybe not. He may have seen it that way, Matt. Because <laughs> this is all about the cycle of abuse. Abusers yes. becoming abusers. Abused becoming abusers. Yeah. Who grew up with a very religious zealot father who was very abusive to him and his wife. Yeah. Um, but Gary sees it as, oh, it was such a loving home. Because that's all he knows. Yeah. He, that's the way I took it. You said he was a liar. I took it as, that's what he thought I mean, love I was, was. I was joking. Oh, but. okay. Because uh, I took it as, that's what he thought love was. Yeah. So eventually he meets a wife, gets married, and becomes an abuser. Yeah. And it's all going terribly, honestly. But, Fucking awful. But... <laughs> But par for the course, until he catches his daughter. Talking to a neighborhood boy. Talking to a neighborhood boy. Nothing bad at all. No, they're kids. Nothing perverse. But he sees it that way. Yeah, and he decides that he's fucked up, and he has to start over, I guess. I don't know what he's thinking. He pulls a John List. Yeah, and he kills both his wife and his daughter. Yeah. Not graphically. No. But boy, it didn't have to be, because the visual of him walking and... Covered in blood, and you see the kitchen covered in blood, and you get that one shot of the the, the crime scene. You're just like, woo! For me, that, that visual is haunting. Mm-hmm. But the visual of him eating, and then it cut to the table with them tied up, tied up, yeah. is fucking horrific. And then he like sits on the porch, yeah. And, but then he starts to cry, yeah. So it's like maybe at the end a little bit of remorse for what he did. I. Or maybe not remorse, maybe just like, man, I fucked up. Not fucked up and killing my family, but fucked up in that my family became the way they were, even though there was nothing. Or he's a, he has regret that he's going to get caught. Possibly. I took it, the way I interpreted it was like, you know, sucks I had to do that. Oof. You know, <laughs> that's the way I interpreted it. Oof. That, it, it, it. Doug's Buck hit different. Douglas Buck is a motherfucker. Yeah, man. Doug fuck Buck. <laughs> Doug, Doug the fuck buck. Doug the fuck buck. Man, yeah, Doug, Douglas Buck's work is fucking amazing. It is, man. And it's hard to talk about because they are short films, so it's not like a ton to talk about. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Home again is good. Yeah. Which one do you like better, Cutting Moments or Home? Uh, Probably Cutting Moments. Probably Cutting Moments. I think Home's a little deeper, though. Yeah. And that Home tackles a lot more... Uh, stuff, a lot more ideals. You know, yeah, the ideal of abusers, abused becoming abusers. This ideal of like overzealous religious having yeah. to punish yourself for being bad. Yeah, which he does a lot. He does self flagellates a lot. God, and I he had to actually do that, right? I'm sure there's something way they did to because he's he's hitting himself. Yeah, it's probably a, a gimmicked. 
<laughs> probably gimmicked. not like a piece of. It's probably not like a piece of. Oh yeah, actually. They, hey, whoever did, I don't know if he did the makeup effects or who did, but man, they did a good job. Yeah, because this one's way less graphic than cutting moments, but almost worse because it leaves so much up to the imagination. Yeah, because you have to you have to think about what the fuck did he do for that much blood? Yeah, he fucking slaughtered him. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Slaughter <laughs> at the uh, gates. Uh, <laughs> slaughter the soul. Um, <laughs> next is probably my favorite. It's the longest too. Yes, and the first time I watched Family Portrait Sister America, I'll be honest, I didn't like this one. Well, again, uh, you have a different palette. Because it was like, yeah, cutting moments is so fucked up. Yeah. Oh, home is brutal, dude. <laughs> and then this one was like far more dramatic. Yeah. And a lot more, way more left up to the imagination because there's no violence in it. You know what I would describe, you know, this one, Prologue that came out in 2003. Oh, it took a, took a break. Yeah. Um, Prologue and I would say The Accident in uh, Theater Bazaar. They, you know, it, it reminds me of if Lars von Trier stuff was less graphic. Yeah, I can see that. It's very more art, artful, yeah. and, and more about like ideology and existentialism yeah. than it is about being graphic and disturbing. Yeah, where it's disturbing comes from its human nature. Yeah, it comes from like what happened. It comes from words, not actions. Exactly, and. Some some of that shit hits me harder than mm-hmm. the violence sometimes. So prologue, we have this girl coming home from yeah. rehab, not drug rehab. No, because one night she was pulled over, yeah, viciously raped, and had her hands cut off, brutally beaten and mutilated. Yeah, by a assailant that she can't remember because of the trauma. Yeah, she comes home to find that life is a lot different than what it was when she left. Yeah, her mom and dad are getting divorced. Her boyfriend is with someone else. And married. Yeah, married. And she's trying to come to grips with life now as not just going through trauma, but also as being handicapped. Yeah, she cannot walk. Nope. And she has no hands. Yeah, she has, uh, like, robotic claws. Like things. Yeah. I don't know what you call... I don't, I don't know what you call them. I don't either. Anyways, um, so when he's... <laughs> Don't leave me like that. Okay. One of the first things I want to say about this movie is Larry Fessenden's in it, and I fucking love Larry Fessenden. Yeah. So anytime Larry Fessenden shows up in anything, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. However, I will say most of Larry Fessenden's movies I've watched, I haven't been a big fan of. Oh, well. There's a vampire one he did I really like, but Wendigo I didn't think was very good. No. <laughs> but I, as an actor, I love Larry Fessenden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we watched Wendigo. It's not. Yeah. It's but whatever. as an actor, I think I think Larry Fessenden's great. Yeah. Um, But... While visiting the post office to visit her now ex-boyfriend who is yeah. married, she sees a picture on the wall that starts to jangle some memories. Yeah. And all the while that's happening, we also get this, stop me if you've heard of this one before, <laughs> <laughs> this older couple. It's an older couple. It time. is an older couple who so. seem to be very distant from each other. Yeah. There seems to be some barrier between them. That, something buried. Yeah, something that <laughs> is causing them to not interact very much. Yeah. There just seems to be awkwardness between them, even though they're a married couple who've apparently been together for years. Yeah. There seems to be something there that's... Something in the way. Yeah. And uh, as the short film progresses, we begin to learn what that thing is. Oh, my God. What is that thing, Matt? Uh, 
homeboy here. Uh, homeboy? <laughs> what's his name? Damn it. Home, Benjamin. Homeboy. Homeboy. Homeboy here, uh, Benjamin, mm-hmm. is a fucking serial killer. He is a serial killer. And he doesn't know that she knows, but she knows. She knows. She knows, but doesn't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, she knows he's done some fucked up shit. Yeah, because they keep referencing the fact that her daughter is on holiday. But it's been on holiday for yeah a long time. Years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. to the point where they're like, oh, she's studying abroad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she knows something is up without knowing. Yeah, yep, yep. and that's what's <laughs> fuck. And it turns out that this guy, Benjamin, yeah, just so happens to be the guy who did the horrible acts to her. Yeah, Billy. Billy. Yeah, Billy. Billy. <laughs> and it uh, all kind of culminates with what you think is gonna be like revenge. No, just confronts him. It's haunting. It's bad. It's real bad. <laughs> like, okay. After, like, Billy shows up to Benjamin's house and confronts him about everything and acts like she's going to hit him. Mm-hmm. He cowers. Cowers. In fear and regret, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Mm, probably more fear. Yeah. Because he's old now. Yeah. But. He needs the element of surprise to get the handle on people. Yeah. But, um, then after that, he starts to go. Dig through the yard looking for his daughter. Yep. That he killed. Yep. And delivers some fucking haunting lines. Yep. Uh, somewhere she's here. They're all here. Or I thought I would remember. Yeah. That was the one that always got me. I thought I would remember. Fuck. And it's like damn, because that's like that plays on the like the ideal of time too. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like. Even, like, the greatest things that ever happen in your life are the biggest, most important things. Yeah. <laughs> With time, will just fade away. <sighs> Douglas Buck. Yeah, stop making me fucking think too hard, Douglas Buck. I don't like it. D- do a slasher. <laughs> yeah, just do something simple. <laughs> Kill some naked women. Come on, now. Do what every other disturbing movie does. <laughs> yeah, don't make me... Throw some rape and gore and... <laughs> Don't make me yaddy have, yaddy, it's easier. Don't make me have existentialism. Yeah, don't make me Threads. have. Yeah, don't make me have fucking existential dread about the rest of my life. Oh man, me, don't make me think about life too much. God, I don't like thinking about life and what it means and what death is. <laughs> yeah, oof. but yeah, prologue is wow. It's powerful. It's a powerful fucking movie. Nothing happens, and that's the point. Yeah, again, <laughs> like prologue and the accident in particular are so like. I would say mundane. Yeah. Like where like nothing really happens. Nothing happens, but everything happens. Yeah. These people's worlds fall apart. They all change. Yeah. At the end, and nothing happened. The thing is about prologue, like, there's just so much. There's so much that happens in this. Yeah. Like, it it feels like the husband, Benjamin, he hurts himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Probably to keep away urges. Yeah. And, like, he makes horrific fucking art. Yeah. Based upon his victims. Yeah. And it's... Again, there's so many elements to this that every time you watch it, you pick up something new. And the name Prologue. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a very interesting title. Yeah, because a prologue is usually what happens before... Yeah. Everything happens. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And And I think the film plays on time a lot. It does, yeah. Like, how much can change in a year. Yeah. You know? 
Her life is completely changed. Everything around her is completely changed. Yeah. Uh, he, Benjamin now doesn't remember where the bodies were in a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? All this happens within a year. It's fucking haunting shit. Yeah. It is. Doug Fuck Buck <laughs> is, a, is a real motherfucker. Yeah, man. When it comes to filmmaking. Like, it's a shame he never really got to blow up. I think he really deserved it. Yeah. He deserved to get a chance to do something big. And Well, he did. He got sisters, but I don't know what happened, but it must have not went well. Mm. He also seems like the kind of guy who would have trouble with a Hollywood studio. Yeah. But, but he's also, a visionary, and I think he has his ideals, and, and to be conformed to the system would be tough for him, I think. But honestly, I think if he was to work with any company that would been that he would benefit from, A24. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have been an A24 guy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean... They would give him complete control oh, over yeah. his project, and that's what he needs. Yeah. He needs complete control. He needs that elevated horror oh, mentality. God. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else to say about uh Family Portraits is I mean, I think we've let it be known already. It's great. I think it's I think it's a disturbing masterpiece. Yeah. It's up there with like the best of the best. Yeah. You know, the real best of the best, like, you know, stuff like Silo. Yeah. You know. I it I mean it's something that it's it's <laughs> the trilogy I don't want to go back to very often because it does give you f- thoughts of existentialism yeah that are uh not fun to have ever t- no. also often but no. i do recommend it yes very much absolutely doug buck i recommend it and theater bizarre yes i do not recommend little Tets. no i recommend you go look up the moby huges though because <laughs> that was great i hate that segment <laughs> i know you did not the worst but yeah yeah that's it that's the anthologies yeah Let's not do that again for a while. Yeah, that was hard. That was real hard. <laughs> I, I almost took a mul- I took a multiple pages of like <laughs> notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just tough to watch that many shorts. Yeah. in a short amount of time. And like, I hope we because we're dumb. We take a week off. Here's here's <laughs> there's a little inside baseball for you. Oh God! The week off we take from the podcast. We're not prepping. <laughs> we should be. We should be going ahead and watching movies and getting them ready. Watch them just- multiple. Watch them multiple times, taking detailed notes so that we know every little aspect of the film backwards and forwards. Now, nah, we take that week off. Yeah, we, we, take, we hit that week off. And then we uh, should start the movies Monday. No. Or the weekend, even. Really yeah. should start the weekend. No, a lot of times it's like Wednesday. I'm like, oh shit, I haven't watched any of these movies. Hold on, go, 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 go. <laughs> take notes. Take notes, 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 notes. <laughs> so we're ill-prepared, we're terrible, we're horrible at what we do. We're the worst podcast on the internet. I don't know why you watch. I don't, I don't know why you listen. I don't know why you're here. I almost said watch because I'm stupid. Yeah, right? We're so dumb. <laughs> that last week, I didn't even remember my own name. <laughs> Peter Fleming's bird in heaven. I do remember that. But... Oh, my God. That's yeah. fucking amazing. So, we go from a difficult prep to probably another difficult prep, but yeah. in a different way. Trying to understand yes. a what, lot of shit. What does it mean? <laughs> we're doing our house next, yeah. next, uh, next episode. We're tackling... A big one. Yeah. A real big one. Two big ones. Well, one one real big one yeah. and then another like lesser big one. Okay. I would say, wouldn't you say? I don't know. These are pretty big. I mean, subconscious... Okay. It's begotten, yeah. subconscious cruelty, and flowers. Yeah. Which, subconscious cruelty, I would say, is a big one. Yeah. But not as big as begotten. Begotten has a reputation about it. Begotten's used in like fucking YouTube videos yeah. and shit. Like, like creepy YouTube videos. I know one scene. Yeah, that's the thing that's always used. Yeah, I know one scene of the Begotten. Yeah, I've never seen a single other frame of the Begotten. I have, really. Yeah, interesting. I tried to watch Begotten. I think 
the audio was gone. Oh. Unless it just doesn't have audio. We'll find out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so Fuck. we're, we're going to dip our toe into truly elevated horror. Yeah. As we try to understand what these films mean and what yeah. they're about. Are you, are you all ready for two fucking dumbasses to try to tackle some actual elevated shit? Yeah, to try to discuss the merits and ideals and theological aspects of film. To write film thesis. We're fucking doing, we're doing goddamn like fucking, <laughs> not film history. We're doing film fucking, what is it? F- philosophy. Yeah, film philosophy. And we're going to fucking fail at it, guys. Oh, yeah, I didn't even remember the word philosophy. <laughs> I hadn't said philosophy probably in 20 years. <laughs> 20 years? I don't know about 20 years. Probably since I was in college. I, was say, <laughs> I yeah, took psychology. I was going to say, you haven't said fucking philosophy since you were 10. Yeah, probably since I took psychology class. Oh, well. <laughs> I've said philosophy. Of enough. We have said that. We've talked about it a couple times. Yeah, but I didn't re- recognize it as a word. Oh, well. It's just the title of the movie. Oh, well. You know. I'm not smart, guys. I don't remember shit. But we have to, we have to learn film psychology. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yep. <laughs> More like us be like This was boring <laughs> Yeah it's probably, That might be what happens Next week I'm sorry So uh, I guess it's time To wrap it up This has been a long one yeah. But I guess it kind of Had to be a long one Because the movies are long Yep But uh, I guess let's wrap This bad boy up Alright If you would like to contact us You can do so At sickoncinema At gmail.com Or our Instagram Every other social media Is dead as fuck <laughs> That's awesome <laughs> It is awesome Um Follow us on Instagram, like I said. Email us. Ask us questions. Yeah. We love it. But if there's nothing else to say, then I say that you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Fuck, I fucked it up again. Did you? I did, because I don't remember. I don't think I think you had it right. No, it, no. Because it should be. If there's nothing else to say, then I'm John. Oh, damn. I forget that part. I'm like, I'm, I'm so bad at this. Yeah. I remember how to do the intro, but the outro always gives me problems. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's just redo it. I'm John. (laughs) And I'm Matt. (laughs) You've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. 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 Jesus Christ. I'm out of breath. I'm sweating.